does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Brendan, I want you. You have been to Texas? I have been to Texas. What do they tell you about Texas? What's the logo of Texas other than don't mess with Texas? Everything's bigger in Texas? That is correct. That's what they'll tell you. Everything's bigger in Texas, right? Here's the thing. This weekend of sports in central Indiana, we're like Texans. We're not even Texans because we're bigger than what's bigger in Texas, right? This is a massive sports weekend. It's upon us. I consider today, it's Friday, right? I'm going to make an official Jake Query, Query and Company declaration. Okay? You guys are here because we have a show to do for the next three hours. But for the company itself, and I'm talking about Paul, the director of giddiness. I'm talking about the, I think we we actually have assigned a couple of our female listeners as the financial, uh, like CFOs of the company because we can't be trusted with money. Uh, Eddie is the CEO, but he's back putting in a grueling four-day work week. Brendan, you have admirably, and, and we have a vote later today as to whether or not we are taking on new interns oh, or you're going to be hired within the company. Um, Jimmy Cook posted, finally posted a picture that, yes, in fact, he is in London, so the company is now international. But I'm going to make an official company declaration for everybody listening in Indianapolis. You ready? The weekend starts right now. Like, play lover boy everybody's working for the weekend because the weekend starts now because it's a big enough sports weekend and with the Colts playing on a Saturday and not a Sunday, everything moves up a day anyway. So what the hell? Treat it like today's Saturday. Take the day off. It's sunny outside. Pretend it's that first day of spring and the tournament starting. Well, if and that's just the case, I will uh, I'll escort myself out now. Trust me, we're used to it, Eddie. So why not, right? That just just Except for you guys. Everybody else, take the weekend. That's a passionate company speech. It's like Jordan Belfort getting on the table saying, I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. That's right. That's yeah. exactly yeah. right. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to be driving up to a stoplight in your brand new Porsche, and you're listening to the radio, and the guy's saying, take the weekend right now. Take, literally, if you can do it right now, just take it off. It's the holidays anyway. Go shop. Go get set for the holidays and just chill, right? And get ready for what is going to be a massive sports weekend. And good afternoon to you. My name is Jake Quarry. Brendan King, you just heard from Eddie Garrison back in the saddle as the CEO. Thank you to Carl Showbiz for filling in yesterday. It's Quarry and Company here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And there is plenty to talk about. Now, if we were doing a sports radio show in Omaha or in Boise or Chattanooga, we might be talking about the fact that last night somebody woke up the Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe we'd talk about that because a Purdue quarterback and Aiden O'Connell went out and even though he wasn't responsible for all 60-plus points, he had a fabulous performance. And the Chargers are now officially – here's the thing. The Chargers checked out on San Diego like three years ago. They've checked out on L.A. now too. They're, they're just, oh, yeah, we're good. Justin Herbert went down. We're good. The Chargers have treated this season the way everybody should treat their week right now. Done and over with. Turn the page. Move on. It's Saturday. I think if you're L.A., imagine if you're Brandon Staley. Just fire me in Vegas. Give me all that money. Go on a rampage on the strip. 
Couldn't think of a better place to get fired. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Oh, could you imagine? How has he not been fired yet? Like, it's noon. Yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, what what good's it going to do you now, right? Oh, especially Although, now. If you're going to do it, that's that's a three-week-ago thing. If you're right? the Chargers, treat the season like I want everybody listening right now to treat the week. Shut it down, turn the page, and move on. Get ready for the weekend. Those are the things we might be talking about if we were doing shows in those places. But no, we're going to be talking about this weekend in sports with the Colts and Steelers at Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow, 430 kick. Literally, the place to be is going to be on Georgia Street. Just stand on Georgia Street about midway down the street over like just just past Hooters maybe where I think they should have the statue of champion the, the line of the statue of champions that I've talked about Major Taylor Oscar Charleston lining going from the John Wooden statue towards the Peyton Manning statue there should be local sports heroes in statues on Georgia Street along the way of yesteryear Indianapolis heroes but I digress if you stand right there at 4 30 tomorrow Somebody needs to send me a picture of them standing tomorrow on Georgia Street, halfway between the two, between where Lucas Oil Stadium would be, between Capitol and Delaware on Georgia Street, because that's the place to be, because you are literally sitting in the epicenter of the sports calendar in not just Indianapolis, but really the country, because you're standing right between where the NFL game is kicking off at 430 and the number one team in the land, Arizona, is taking on, what, number three Purdue at 430 as well, right? You Chargers know, I, must you know, have heard I can't me. Here with, uh, did you just play the breaking news sounder? I did. That this portal only has one ear, so I couldn't hear that. Oh. Anyway, the Chargers must have heard me. They are cleaning house. They have fired Brandon Staley and longtime general manager Tom Telesco, according to Ian Rappaport. Tom Telesco, of course, Indianapolis Colt ties with Tom Telesco, right? Very well liked when he was in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, but for the Chargers, it just hadn't worked out. And Justin Herbert's a talented guy. I think. To be fair to Tom Telesco and that group, injuries have rattled them pretty hard as well. Right? Yeah, but well, they, we know the, that's the power of this show. Here's the thing: the, if the Chargers can take everything off now, everybody else should, right? True. Somebody call in the program and let me know that you're on your way home because you just said to hell with it. <laughs> we're supposed to go till five on Friday. No, we're done right now. We're shutting it down. Friday weekend begins now. Treat. I want everybody treating today. My Christmas wish list. My Christmas wish list is this: my hope for Christmas. I want to be like, I'm the Chris Kringle of sports radio today. I'm I'm telling everybody right now, just go ahead and take take the rest of the week off right now. Just head home. You know what? I'm not going till five. I'm, I'm kicking five. It's holiday time anyway. Get in the mood. It's beautiful outside. Take advantage of the fact that it's a holiday season, but mix in the fact that we're going to pretend it's that first spring day and the NCAA tournament's getting underway in a couple of hours, and we're just kicking off. They're just taking the day off. Everybody around here's done it, right? And if you get fired, you come work for us. That's right. right? That's right. We live in an HR department. You can't get fired here, right? That's the beauty of the whole thing. Our fictional <laughs> you, company fires no one, right? Do you, do you think Brandon Staley just checked in a room at the Bellagio? Yes. Knowing this was going to happen? He's actually probably at the Sphere. <laughs> I'd like to go to that Vegas Sphere. That's, part of, that's the Venetian, though. That's not the Bellagio. That's the Venetian. Um... All right, Steve calls in right now, right off the top. Steve, what's up? Not much, Jake, but what I can tell you is that I'm in the car. I got the sunroof open and the windows down, and as soon as I hang up with you, I'm going to be blaring, working towards the weekend from Loverboy, 1985. (laughs) Yes, that's what I want to hear, Steve. I love it. By the way, Steve, we had a great time in Milwaukee last week, man. Your city's a great city. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did. Did you go to the past? 
we did go to the Paps. We went to the Paps Mansion, went to the Paps Best Place Brewing, had a cold beer. Loved it. Loved everything about it. So Merry Christmas to you, Steve, and enjoy the early holiday, all right? By the way, th- this is a bit of an issue that this portal, I can't hear what's going on. Just Yeah, that's, know. that's not good. Yeah, it's less than ideal. Uh, Fred, Fred's got to yell because I can't hear, see? So, Fred, what's up? What's going on, Jay? <laughs> Fred, please tell me, Fred. I can hear that you're in the car. I can hear that you're in the car. Please tell me you're playing hooky and that I am a bad influence on you. Hey, you know it, Jake, man. I'm on my way home, man. I was busting my butt, looking for a load, man, trying to make two or three hundred more dollars, you know, man, which would take me out somewhere and bring me home late this evening for two, three hundred, man. I'm going to go home and start my weekend. That's what I want to hear. Hell yeah. Have me a PBR, Jake. Fred, you are the man. Now, Fred, so what time, you're you're an over-the-road trucker, right? Right. And are you on the, where are you right now? I'm in the city right now, man. I got in this back in this morning. Like, got me some sleep. And like I said, man, I was going to try and grab me some going to Ohio, Illinois, or some man. Been on the low board, but. You know, Fred, you sound, you sound fatigued. Not? I want you to be safe and go home and get a, a good quality nap. Hey, for sure, man, for sure. Like I said, I'm going to have me a few PBRs. I'm Fred, sure that'll make it, make it a lot easier listen, to take Fred, a nap. Listen, right? here's Fred, here's your assignment for the weekend now that I've gotten you to play hooky, okay? And I'm not saying okay. I'm a bad influence, Fred. You're a man that can make your own decisions, right? I, what yeah. I want you to do, at some point, Fred, this is your assignment, and, I, it's, and I'm, in, I'm imperative about this because you and I have become radio buds. You need to text me at some point so that I can meet you somewhere to have a PBR. Now, it can't be when you're over the road driving, obviously. We'll Uber if we have to, but we need you and I are going to have a PBR with before my Christmas wish is to sit down with Fred and we're going to have a PBR and draft together. I, it sounds good to me, but Jake, man, I heard you the other day invite another gentleman to go to the game with you. <laughs> I, I feel kind of. Okay, Fred, here's the thing. P- okay, well, baby steps, Fred. We'll we'll have a PBR and we'll get the calendar out to figure out which game you're going to. How's that? So you have to text yeah, like me. A- you text me, Fred. We're going to get in the PBR, and then when we're having the PBR together, we will figure out a game where we're headed. Right? That's the way to do it. I think he just got accused of cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, Fred is calling up Maury for the for the, the, the paternity the, results. The right? lie detector determined that was a lie. Brendan, listen. It's a huge weekend, man. I mean, yeah, honestly, awesome. like no matter what you and, and we're going to talk about all of it. I mean, Brian Newbert's going to join us from Golden Black. We'll talk about a huge matchup with Arizona coming in. And I don't know if which team would be looking at this matchup is the one that, that it, with more anticipation. You know, for Purdue, you're excited because it's number one Arizona. For Arizona, you're excited because Purdue's beaten, I mean, so far – you know, the Northwestern game notwithstanding, I mean, when Purdue has played big out-of-conference games, they've answered the bell every single time, right? So you know it's a big challenge for Arizona as well. And then we haven't even talked about the fact that you've got the academic probation bowl, right? <laughs> I mean, you've got Indiana University and the University of Kansas. How many universities can we find where Jake Quarry has, was on academic probation at one point? Let's get both of them in one, in one fell swoop. Uh, my friend Paris is in here right now. He's himself... Uh, went to his freshman year University of Kansas. He did better than did I. But um, but Kansas coming into Bloomington, huge test for obviously Mike Woodson's group. And 
I think, for Khalil Ware, for McKenzie Mbaco in particular, just to show because Kansas has plays at a rate of speed with a floor length that Indiana has not seen yet. And that's going to – Connecticut would be right there with them, I guess. But have you watched Kansas play? Sparingly. But, I mean, you don't have to watch them play to know what Hunter Dickinson brings to the table, right? Well, he's out, isn't he? Oh, he is. I, I, am I yeah. wrong in that, Eddie? I thought he was – were you the one that said that, Eddie, that he was suspended? No. I thought for sure I saw something. It was like a troll. I'd see if you bite and you bit. What's that? It wasn't an actual account. It was a parody. Wait, so you read a parody account? I did. But you said it was factual, right? You sent it no. to him? Yeah, I sent it to him and Jimmy. So to you see lied? If he... No, I didn't lie. You didn't see send he... it? Did, I, don't, I don't remember so you Jason... sending it. I thought you said it on the air. Or did Jimmy, Jake's cheating maybe, on Fred, think... and you're sending lie, lie tweets. Yeah. I, think, I think Jimmy said it, right? Maybe uh, it was in conversation. But either way... Okay, so in the future, don't send me a, a troll account without telling me that. <laughs> um, but for Kansas, look, the, the speed in which Kansas plays and, and the, the rate in which they move the ball around is it's impressive. And, and Indiana's going to have their hands full. But for Kansas also, you're going into an environment. I think that Indiana still, and maybe not for Kansas's current roster, but for their fan base, I, I know because I know people from Kansas clearly because I went to school there. You know, it still carries something to go into Indiana and take on Indiana in, sure. in Assembly Hall. Sure, and especially more so based on what happened last time against Auburn. I mean, Kansas is a better Auburn in, in their ability to score. And Auburn, you know, they put up everything on you. Yeah, I mean, Auburn Auburn just scored again, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like the Raiders, actually, for that matter. Kinda, uh, kinda also, like Ball State, Indiana State, going to be taking place 145 at the Fieldhouse. That's the precursor to Arizona and Purdue. Uh, but, you know, you can't say that's the opening act because it's a pretty darn good game there as well, and two teams playing really well. Yeah, I'm with you. And here's the thing about the Crossroads Classic towards the end, and I was as big a fan of the Crossroads Classic as there was, not just because my university was involved, but just because I thought it was an awesome event. Rarely anywhere across the country do you see that happen, where four premier schools from one state play in an event like that. But more so, towards the end, the first game in the Crossroads Classic sort of became... A blowout, especially the last couple of years. You know, Butler played an early game against IU. They had no shot. They got blew out. Um, this is a little different, Jake, where it's not necessarily the national storyline, Indiana State, Ball State, but those of you listening right now to us, whether that's in Indianapolis or across the state, you are fully aware that Ball State can bring it and Indiana State can score. So I think, you know, in the last number of years, whether it's Crossroads Classic, Andy Classic, whatever, this is one of the better daytime games you're going to see. And even though it's quote-unquote an appetizer for Purdue and Arizona, I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I, you know, do they still do the bracket buster games? What do you mean? Well, they used to have, the in, in college basketball, they had games that they would play this time of year called bracket buster. Oh, sure. And yeah. they would what they would do is they would take, like Davidson and Butler played in a bracket buster game. Or, you know, they'd take, take teams that, you know, when it comes to Selection Sunday, Brendan, on Selection Sunday, they, they pull up the resume of bubble teams and they list quality wins. You know, like who are your quality wins? How many top 75 wins do you have, et cetera? And they used to, to put, and maybe they still do, they would forecast what teams could be in that mix from two different conferences like Richmond and you know, Drake, 
And so then they would have them play in December in what was called a bracket buster game in the hopes that if both of them become bubble teams, one of them has an advantage over the other because mm-hmm. they beat them in December. Mm-hmm. This has kind of that feel. It I does. mean, Ball State and Indiana State are two teams, quite frankly, that going into their respective leagues are really well coached and depending on what they do in the league season, could be in contention for and those are not necessarily one bid leagues. Those are leagues that you could have a second, you know what I mean? So in that capacity, um, it's a big game for them because assuming that both teams continue on the trajectory they're headed, they're headed for really good seasons, right? But not necessarily in leagues that are going to go three or four deep. And so you want to get a quality win. No, I mean, you're, you're lucky to get two in those leagues a lot of times. I mean, heck, you know, Drake has been the victor of the Missouri Valley the last number of years. And, you know, there's been some really good teams in that conference that have been held out or have gone to the NIT, CBI, whatever. And, um, you know, that very well could have been in the NCAA tournament. So, no, you, uh, Jake, you can't make the NCAA tournament in December, but you could definitely put your way out of it. So one of those things. Eddie, what'd you do on the day off? Let's see. Came here, right? Came into the building and moved my desk from upstairs downstairs. You carried it yourself? Did some laundry yesterday. Got a haircut. Well, you got uh, haircut. Went out to dinner. Yeah. Watched the abomination of Thursday Night Football. Where'd you get dinner? Uh, Logan's Roadhouse. There you go. The, the, are they the ones, is it Logan's or Texas Roadhouse that have the big butter rolls? They both do. And I have no off switch with them. Well, everything's bigger in Texas. That's a good point. That is, we know that much, right? They both have the rules, but I think you're thinking of Texas Roadhouse, the apple cinnamon butter. Wh- which mm. one's the one? By the way, can I lower the screen so I can actually see you? Or is that not a possibility? Not uh, a possibility. Wh- which one is the one that has you can throw peanuts on the floor like the ground round? That would be Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse. You know, I used to love to do that, but unfortunately now I can't eat peanuts anymore. Diverticulitis, just so you know. These are mm. the things you guys have to look forward to in about 20 years. Uh, 239-1070 is a telephone number. Derek. Joining us, I think he wants to talk Colt Steelers. What's up, Derek? Hey, uh, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Are you um, taking the day off? Am I taking the day off? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, were you listening <laughs> to the show at the beginning of the show? Oh, yeah. I'm telling everybody, just take the day off. Oh, well, I have every day off, so. <laughs> okay. So, so you're retired, no right? for me. Der- Derek yeah. is, of course, the director of veteran affairs for the, the company. All right, what's on your mind, Derek? I just wanted to say, um, get your conspiracy theory hat on, and do you think that the NFL scheduled this Colts game to offset the college games? No. Basketball games. No. And another thing, I, and, and I'm just halfway joking about that, but another thing it I does want suck. to say is that— I will that, say that. It does suck. I mean, there, it, it's, I get it. I mean, it is cool to have a Saturday game because it kind of stands alone. But it, and I don't think that they probably factored in that it came at the time that Purdue and Arizona were playing right down the street and Indiana and Kansas right down the highway. But do I think that they did it intentionally? No, but I think it's an unfortunate coincidence to answer your question. Oh, yeah. And, and one more thing um, I have a ticket to the game. I'm trying to invite somebody as my guest. If you know anybody who wants to go, a caller or anybody or anybody in the studio, they are more than welcome to it. So you have one ticket. I have, well, in my section. I okay. have one. I have five tickets, four of them are taken. I have one left. I don't want to sell it to a Steelers fan. So you need one volunteer fan to go with you to the game, right? Yes. Now, now what, what drawbacks are there other than the fact they're going with you to the game? Any other, is there anything like there's no <laughs> – are you charging for this? No, no, no. No, I'm not charging. Okay, free Colts ticket, right? Free Colts ticket. 
And the best part is they get to sit with me and my wife. Now, how would you like for us to raffle off this ticket? <laughs> uh, however you want to do it. I, uh, call her, Twitter, I don't care. Uh, you guys make the choice, and then um, however you decide, get them in touch with me, and I'll, I'll transfer it to them. So it's a, but it's a single ticket, right? Yes, and, a single and ticket. And I, I would assume the person is going to have to provide their own transportation, and then you will meet them. Is this a paperless ticket? Yeah, they're all paperless. Okay. No more paper. Put the scalpers out of business. So, <laughs> so okay. So we're running our own Craigslist here, which I love. So basically what we're getting at here is this, Derek. Somebody calls in or texts me. Would you like for this to be done? We can't necessarily do it over the phone because it'll hijack the show. So if somebody, <laughs> if somebody texts me that they would like to go to the game with you, a single person, and, and you're taking a huge risk here, right? I mean, you're willing to take on – we are we at the fan and on Quarian Company are not responsible for anything that might go wrong with somebody that gets over-served at the game on their own or makes you uncomfortable with the ticket, right? I'm fine with that. Okay, we are absolved of all responsibility. So I take full responsibility. I'm raising my right hand. Well, we have no HR company – HR here in the fan, so. <laughs> okay, here's what we do. Derek, read for people right now out loud on the air your Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is ddub75. That's D-E-E-D-U-B-75. Okay, D-E-E-D-U-B-75. If you want to go to the Colts game and you want to sit – and Derek's a good dude. Derek and I spent uh, a weekend together at IMS. Derek is the pride of Mississippi and a Braves fan, if you can deal with that. But he's a diehard Colts fan. His family is actually on a banner inside Lucas Oil Stadium as super fans. So if you want to go to the game with Derek, his lovely wife, and enjoy the Colts and Steelers, then you need to send a tweet to Derek at D-E-E-D-U-B-7-5 and tell Derek why you should be the one selected. And then, Derek, I will leave it up to you to select the person that feels to you the most comfortable to go to the games. Does that work? Okay. Do you want them to tag you or anything so I know where it came from? What's that? No, they just got – no, they, they'll know. You'll know because they'll be – they'll say, I, ha- I heard it on the radio, so they have to send you a tweet and they'll be on their way. And then we need a photo of the two of you uh, and this newfound romance together, the bromance at the game, okay? <laughs> romance or bromance, either we'll one, do. right? All right. We'll do. All right, there we go, Derek. See, Derek, and Derek didn't even know that he's supposed to be taking the day off. He's calling in like a ticket broker, and he doesn't even know that he's supposed to take the day off today, right? That was handled very well. What's that? You. You just got a whole plan together. Somebody's going to go to a Colts game. Brendan, I don't know if you know this or not, but in every aspect of my life, I shortcut and find the easy way for everything, except for when it comes to things like this. I'm very thorough, (laughs) right? Like, for example, if I was going to send you guys, before you went on the air, a what looks to be legitimate college basketball report, and I knew it was fake, I would make sure that you knew it was fake before I actually had you read it on the air. I'm but very s- thorough about it. See, that things, was right? two weeks ago. What's that? That was two weeks ago when you guys, I said that. You guys didn't respond to my meme about the Pistons' free, five free wings from Wingstop. I thought that was funny. Now, was that a legitimate thing also? What do you mean? The Yeah, so if they win. The promotion. Yeah, it's not even you need a ticket. You just need to punch in a promo code. That's so the greatest promotion pe- ever. People in Detroit have gotten 10 wings <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah. There, there's some poor guy in Detroit that's like, I'll tell you what, I've done the, uh, sweetheart, we've done the, the finances and the budgeting this year, and for dinner, at least eight times, we're eating free wings <laughs> for any time the Pistons win. Well, guess what? 
twice in 23 games, right? Twice in 23 games. Brian Newbert, big one. Boilers, Arizona discussion next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Going to check in with Brian Newbert here in just a little bit. Purdue and Arizona set to go this weekend at the Fieldhouse. Telling you, man, I, I think we're very fortunate in working here for a number of reasons, obviously. But I think the biggest one might be um, just the, the 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 parking on the circle for weekends like this, right? I mean, huge. Honestly, it's like the number one. There are a lot of perks of this job, and I, like I said, we're pretty lucky, and it's a cool company. But like to be able to park right there, perfect time to just like come down. If you live in in Central Indiana and you are not able to go to the games, come down, come downtown, have dinner at one of your favorite restaurants. Go out to one of the bars here and just soak it in, man. Just soak in the atmosphere of the energy. There's just such an energy. I've always said, you know, one of my favorite days of the year is the day after Thanksgiving because you have the state finals going on and the lighting of the tree and, you know, everything. There's just a – the Pacers are playing. There's always a buzz, right? And that that same thing is going to be taking place this weekend. I'm telling you, like, uh, if you're just joining us, where have you been? I I had mentioned earlier, I I have no authority to do this, but I'm declaring my own authority to just take off. Start the weekend now. Let's go, right? I mean, it's everybody's sleepwalking through work anyway. It's the last three weeks of the year. People are just going through the motions. Your boss ain't going to notice, right? He's not going to notice. She, he, they, whatever. Boss didn't even notice. They're probably doing the same thing. Yeah, they're doing the same thing, right? Maybe uh, leave your car in, in the in the parking lot so it looks like you're there. And have somebody <laughs> pick you up and then come back and get it later, like you used to do in college when you'd park at the union and then you wait till the the parking garage was opened up at one a.m. and have somebody take you back and get your car. Just do it that way. Uh, joining us now in the program, and I'm sure thrilled to be doing so, knowing that we're talking about ways to skirt around paying parking tickets. Uh, Brian Newbert joins us from GoldenBlack.com. Big one for the Boilers. Arizona and Purdue, 4.30 tomorrow at the Fieldhouse, approximate tip time. Uh, Brian, I'll begin with this. It's hard to imagine that there are areas where Arizona can test Purdue that Purdue has not already been tested because they've gone through kind of the gauntlet here of really good teams. And then Northwestern, obviously, just, you know, that was just a tough one all the way around. And, and you get that loss, maybe wakes you up a little bit. But what's going to be new or different for Purdue in this game that they haven't already seen? Well, you guys must know something about my history with parking tickets. Um, but <laughs> you live in a college town. I can only imagine, right? Yeah. 
to get to your question, yeah, um, I think that it's everything Purdue's seen and then some uh, here. I think Arizona's got a level of athleticism and aggressiveness and size on the perimeter plus credible size on the interior. And I don't know if Purdue's seen that combination thereof quite yet. You know, the teams in the, that they beat in Honolulu were all real really good teams, but I don't know if they had that sort of completeness that Arizona is going to have on top of just the level of talent Arizona is going to have. And, you know, Purdue's tested itself really well here. You know, not only did they play the Maui Invitational, but they played that neutral site game against Alabama. They played that exhibition game weeks ago, weeks and weeks ago now uh, at Arkansas and at a home game against Xavier. I just don't think they've seen a team as complete and as talented as this one. You know, what – area Brian like when you look at the Northwestern game because clearly when a team like Purdue when the losses are the anomaly that they are teams are going to try to look at the film of that game and find areas of exploitation I think we know from a year ago that when Purdue if they didn't shoot the ball well that was their Achilles they got a little bit more athletic at the garden wing position you and I've talked about that on the air but what is the was there anything that Northwestern exposed or that teams will try to take advantage of that has been been a new discovery about beating Purdue? Well, I don't know if it's new, and I don't know if it's anything opponents necessarily control, but when Purdue turns the ball over, that's, it's, it's, it, it's Achilles' heel. Uh, the thing at Northwestern was 17 Purdue turnovers uh, that led to 20 Northwestern points. That's the game. Um, you know, Purdue um, isn't a great defensive team. They're better than they were a year ago, but it really hurts them from a defensive perspective when they're giving away possessions and, you know, they're compromised from a defensive perspective. They're also, you know, a really efficient offensive team. It's not just a matter of how many points they score, but it's a matter of the toll they take on opponents with the fouls, with the physical rigors of guarding Purdue, um, with their, their ability to get to the foul line. So it's even more, damaging to Purdue and I think it would be a lot of other people when they give away possessions and a lot of that stuff the opponent has a hand in but a lot of it too is sort of carelessness on Purdue's part um you know I think I think people throw a lot of different things at Purdue guarding the post sometimes that can that can create some turnovers I think you know you are still as good as your guards have been they're still sophomores and there's still going to be some um, some moments where uh, they get a little reckless, things like that. But uh, Purdue's got to keep the turnovers to a minimum. Um, if they don't turn the ball over, even if they don't shoot great, you know they're still pretty. They're still going to be pretty tough to beat. That that's the thing. That was the thing in the NCAA tournament too. They shot bad last year against Fairleigh Dickinson, but they also turned the ball over a ton. And that's that was their thing last year. That was their kind of. Um, landmine waiting to be stepped on and i think it's the same thing this year hey brian it's brendan great game in toronto entertaining beating alabama but this may be an odd question but Edie with 35 smith with 27 nobody else had more than seven when it comes to january and february is that type of scoring split sustainable well the guys who you know didn't necessarily score against alabama they have this season they've shown that they can kind of be opportunistic and make shots when they're their 
when they're there to be made. I think Purdue is still kind of figuring out how to best get Trey Kaufman Wren um, producing next to Zach Eady. I think you've seen flashes there of having another guy who can score. I think when you look at Camden Heidi, Miles Colvin, guys like that, Fletcher Lawyer is obviously a proven player. I think when those guys' time comes, Mason Gillis, um, I think those guys have shown all throughout the season and in really big games too this season, not just, you know, fluff, um, that they can make shots. So uh, when the time comes, you know, that's going to be the big question. Can Purdue make open shots because they're probably going to get them, but I don't think there's really any red flags there at this point. Uh, There's only so many points to go around and, um, you know, Purdue scored 90-some points against Alabama. It just so happened that, the best player in the country had it rolling and one of the best guards in the country had it rolling and there just wasn't a whole lot left for everybody else. Brian, when you look, Brian Newbert, by the way, is our guest from goldenblack.com. When you look at some of the newer faces and maybe even looks that Matt Painter has been acclimating and working into this team heading into now, once they get into consistent Big Ten play, what area or wrinkle is one that Purdue is still massaging and feeling its way through, whether it be a player, whether it be a scheme that they're trying to do. Is there any one thing that you think deep down Matt Painter thinks to himself, I still need to see more? Uh, well, I think you know the experimentation part of the season is probably over, but I think he's still sort of massaging his rotation. Um, I think they're playing 10 guys, and so far it's working. Uh, the hot hand approach to – certain positions is working. Um, I think there might still be some fine tuning there they can do. I think, as I mentioned before, they've put Trey Kaufman right out there as Purdue's power forward next to Zach. E. those are two destination players offensively. Those are two guys you play through offensively. Those are two guys who are both very space dependent. And when they both occupy space, you know, something's got to give there theoretically. Um, That was a big question coming into the season. The reason they're doing that was they wanted more scoring on the floor. And I think, you know, there's probably still some upside there to be, um, to be maximized. Uh, But at, at at this point in time, you're 10 games into the season. You're, you've, you're through the majority of the most difficult non-conference schedule in school history. And um, I think you're probably getting pretty close to the point where, you know what you need to know. And, uh, you know, I think they're trying to put Miles Colvin on a fast track, so to speak, to getting to be the player that he uh, he can be at some point this season, which would give you a lot of scoring off the bench when it matters most. Uh, I think he's playing – he isn't just playing minutes for a freshman. He's, he's playing really high leverage minutes too. Um I'm sorry. I hope you guys couldn't hear that. Um, oh, no, you're fine. Uh, he's playing really important minutes for Purdue. He's closing games. He's closing halves. And I think that's really going to um, probably accelerate his growth. So continuing to, on- to onboard him and hoping it benefits him in the long run, too, for when you need that guy, maybe in March you can come in and get six points in eight minutes off the bench or something like that. I think that's still maybe where some things are kind of falling into place here. I do think Purdue, for as well-established as they were coming out of last season, was still very much a work-in-progress type of team coming into this year. Lance Jones 
has been so important as a newcomer and, um, you know, that they're doing some different things from a defensive perspective. They're doing some different things from an offensive perspective. And I think that there is still some process involved. I just don't know if there's that one thing necessarily they're trying to iron out other than, you know, continuing to get Trey Coffin, Ryan and Zach Eadie experience playing together. Brian, Brian Newbert, our guest, I'm curious of this answer and, and, I don't want to put you in a position where it sounds like you know you're, you're like a homer because you're not. I mean, I think you pretty objectively cover Purdue, even though you're obviously a Purdue-centric site. Um, you know, a guy like Caleb First, Trey Kaufman, Ren, you know, those guys, they have or would have had in the NIL era. There are a lot of guys like that that if they're a Mr. Basketball or a Mr. Basketball runner-up or a four- or five-star recruit and they're at a program that's put them in the spotlight where they've had good games that would seek the opportunity and the payday, quite frankly, to transfer to a school and put themselves in a better minutes and spotlight position. And yet those guys, amongst others on the Purdue roster, have opted not to do that but for this group to stay cohesive. What is it about Purdue basketball that has allowed Purdue to buck the trend of what seemingly every other program is, to some would say, fall victim to, others would say, fall circumstance to? Yeah, I think he does a good job kind of picking his guys in recruiting as opposed to just recruiting off lists and recruiting off stars and things like that. I think he he tends to recruit guys over a long period of time, get to know them, get to know their families, get to know the people around them, things like that. and really um, kind of understand fit and who's going to be in it for Purdue as opposed to being in it for themselves. I think the best case scenario is everybody benefits. You build a good team and everything falls into place for the players. But sometimes that's not, not always realistic. You've got three guys on this team right now who started a lot of games and won a lot of games for Purdue and Ethan Morton, Caleb Burst, Mason Gillis, who uh, are not starters right now. And, you're absolutely right that that's something that can go sideways on a lot of teams. But I think he's done a pretty good job, you know, um, putting together a collection of not just players but personalities for which winning can be enough. That doesn't mean those guys have to like what's going on in terms of them not playing as much as they were before. But if as long as you're winning, if that's enough for a player, that's, that, that's a pretty good deal. And I, I can't imagine – you know, there being a being a better situation to coach than having a team full of guys like that. You're absolutely right. Guys could have guys could have split last season as soon as Zach Eady came back, and all of a sudden your your opportunity to being a 15 and 10 guy right away next year um, or this year was blocked. But you know, these guys are obviously obviously invested in Purdue as much as uh, Purdue's invested in them, and there are guys who could have after last season gone out in the portal and made a lot of money. And, you know, th- there are a lot of programs in the country who are spending all their time tampering with other people's players. And I'm sure Purdue's yeah. players were not, were not um, immune to that, not immune to yeah. that, but you didn't see anybody jump. You saw Brandon Newman leave for more playing time. Other than that, you didn't see anybody, you know, go look for greener pastures. I think that speaks to their to their investment in Purdue, and I think that speaks to why Purdue's pretty good. Hey, Brian, in conclusion, again, Purdue and Arizona scheduled for 4.30 tomorrow at the Fieldhouse, goldenblack.com, where you can read Brian's coverage of it. Um, 
Look, you and I don't know each other well, obviously, but we've done, I don't know, I mean, a couple dozen of these interviews over the course of the years. Obviously, on social media, I'm aware of your work, read your work, and, and we go back and forth with that. Um, you have been, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to throw your business out there, but you have at times with posts made it public or made it known that there have been health challenges for you in the last few years. And in that, um, I want people to know, I've never once seen or been aware of you in any way, shape, or form complaining about any of that. I've never been aware of uh, anything other than you taking all of those challenges head on and being open with people about their own belief and their own journey. And I want to commend you for it. I'm thankful that you know your, your health is going in the right direction. And based on all of that, uh, of all people that we talk to, I want to wish you the merriest of Christmases and the happiest of New Year's and a happy and healthy holiday season. Well, thank you so much, Jake. I, I, I really appreciate that. And uh, all the same to you, you've obviously had your share of things to overcome as well. And you're an inspiration, my man. Well, I appreciate it. And we certainly, you know, enjoy the game tomorrow. It's going to be a great one and enjoy the energy yeah. of it too. And then the holidays, Brian. No problem. Thank right. you guys for having me. Sure. I appreciate it. And uh, have a great holiday. All right. Sounds you good. Too, Brian. Brian Newbert, again, goldenblack.com. What I went through was uh, a walk in the park considering, considering uh, the marathon for Brian. You know, he had... Uh, and he was open about it. I mean, he had, you know, a brain tumor originally, I believe it was, and, and went through that process and um, went at it with the optimism necessary and the support around him, which is so important. Because I think for so many people, when you get those challenges, the optimism, the belief, and the strength that comes from yourself is 90% of the battle. And that's what carries you through. And that's what, uh, thankfully, you know, Brian, for now... Um, you know, is able to to go and focus on games and not focus about that stuff, which is a good thing. Uh, David Aldrich is going to join us from The Athletic. We're going to talk a little NBA because um, what did I see the other day? Oh, I, I my friend Marcus that lives in Australia. You guys know of my Australian buddies. Uh, yesterday was Marcus's uh, birthday, 17th birthday, and I sent him a, net, a message that said the Pacers did everything they could to try to get him a game ball. They were going to try to get him a game ball, and they they were just – that's all they wanted to do, right? They said it was for Oscar Shibway. I think it was for Marcus. They wanted to get him a game ball, and then all hell broke loose, right? And well, it was the talk of the NBA, right? I, I think Marcus has got a better shot for a game ball now because James Johnson is back. You got that's some enforcers. Right. You, got, you got the guy – we didn't even talk about that yesterday, right? Now all of a sudden, what did we say yesterday when Eric called in? The Pacers just need a guy that is a guy that, you know what, kind of sets the tone – and that everybody needs a big brother, right? Everybody needs a big brother, and the Pacers got it yesterday. David Aldrich and a few. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Like to say hello to our listening audience in Jakarta, who is no doubt getting excited with the YMCA here, right? Eddie Garrison spinning the hits.
Now, is this because of all the great games going on, Eddie, that you decided to go with the YMCA? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you'll hear the YMCA somewhere this weekend in downtown Indianapolis. Were you here for our conversation or was showbiz in with Jimmy? You guys, I don't think I asked you guys this. And the answer we came up with was YMCA, the answer I came up with, which by, in fact, <laughs> means the answer we all came up with. Uh, I was asking the question, if you were to stop someone on the Las Vegas Strip randomly, all you know is that they're an American. You're blindfolded. You have no idea how old they are. They could be 2, 12, 22, 52, 72, 92. You don't know anything other than they were born and raised and have lived in the United States of America. You have no idea their age, their ethnicity, their socioeconomic background. But you have to pick one song, and if they can prove that they know the song, either by singing along, doing a lyric, knowing the artist, whatever it might be, you win a million dollars. I think the song that would give you the greatest odds, aside from happy birthday and Christmas carols, but like a, an actual billboard recorded song. I, I think the YMCA by village people may give you the highest percentage odds that the person's going to know it. Sweet Caroline. It's up there. I think it's definitely up there, but I do think as a matter of fact, we, I was discussing it, Eddie, we, Michael Young and I were talking about it at the Indy fuel game. And as oh, we were discussing it, the sweet Caroline played and the, the little kids behind us were singing it. So that is very high on the list. It, it any basically any song that is now utilized in massive sports venues, the YMCA just has been played at sporting venues for longer than has Sweet Caroline. Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi, I think, could be up there. But I don't know how many. That's true. But but say could ninety two year olds. Although they would have been when it was out, they would have been in their sixties, so they would know it. I don't yeah. know how many five year olds yet yet know the song. Right? Yeah, that's true. I think I think I got one. Okay, the drum solo of In the Air Tonight. That's not a lyric. But if you heard it, you know it. It's up there. But again, I don't know. I think that In the Air Tonight and that song is one that you get introduced to. Like, you know, you start hearing it like when you're like 10 or 12 years old. So like yeah. if, you, if you pick a three-year-old, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do think a three-year-old, because of the lettering of YMCA, the, the, the motion of the arms, little kids, the first time they hear it, they never forget it. Because And if all they have to do, of you know, all they had to have done is gone to a single sporting event at any point in their life. David Aldridge, by the way, is next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Feel like I can't talk over this, right? It's illegal. Neil Diamond bringing us back. It is a great song. Are no we at Fenway right it. now? That's right. Well, they were the first to do it, and now everybody does it. Everybody right? does it. Uh, joining us now on the program, a guy whose voice needs no introduction, but I'm going to do one anyway. He is the senior NBA columnist for The Athletic, David Aldridge, longtime television personality as well when it comes to covering the Association, joining us on the program here on a Friday. David, first off, appreciate the time. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming on. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think the fact that 
you know, we're talking to you is in fact illuminating exactly what you have recently written about. And that is that it's been a while, David, since we in Indianapolis have suddenly found ourselves, you know, in the spotlight of the NBA and having a player that, and maybe it was just for a fleeting moment because of the tournament, but a player that was kind of the epicenter of the NBA talk for a while there in Tyrese Halliburton, you have written about it. Uh, If you could Take me through just your perceptions, I guess, of this rise of Halliburton and his comfort level with Indiana and putting them on a bigger stage. Well, I mean, look, he, he obviously was willing and, and wanted to stay because he signed the, the extension uh, last summer. And I think that really kind of, to me, solidified the idea that he was going to be he was going to be there long term. Right. I mean, he. he wasn't looking to go anywhere else. He wanted to be great in Indiana and has been great in Indiana um, for the last year or so. And, and um, you know, this year, there, his, his, I guess his excellence has been, was somewhat overlooked because their defense was just so bad, right? For, for a long stretch, they were really, really bad defensively. Um and it kept them from winning games. Now, they're not a shutdown unit now by any stretch, but they're better. They've been better, a little better defensively, and they've won some games. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people around the league thought that that Halliburton had a chance to be a, a star. I don't think – I'm not going to sit here and say people were saying he's going to do this. Um, but I think a lot of people thought with the right opportunity and the right system – he would have a chance to really show what he could do. And, and it was going to be impossible for him to do that in Sacramento with, uh, with De'Aaron Fox. So getting to Indiana gave him an opportunity to kind of really put the ball in his hands and let him run the show, which he has shown he can do at a very high level. David, in football terms, you know, in, in the NFL, when we talk about quarterbacks, guys can have breakout years as a quarterback and then you say well but, you know you got to wait until every team has seen plenty of film and knows how to make adjustments and things like that Tyrese Halliburton is not a rookie in the NBA he's been around a while but is there is this the first time that because he in other words our teams have teams been aware of him for a while or is he going to have to start making adjustments to his style because people are going to start figuring out what they can do to corral the head of the snake for Indiana well, I mean, he'll. It's like any other, you know, great point guard. Teams will try to get the ball out of his hands, right? I mean, it's no secret. They'll double him. They'll they'll, they'll trap him and, and try to make him move the ball. And somebody else is going to have to make shots. They didn't do it in that game against the Lakers, but they did it in all through the run up to the to the championship game. Um, so, you know, is he going to make enough shots? Is Toppin going to make enough shots? That's what it comes down to. I mean, it's no, there's no secret to this. It's basketball. It's not rocket science. You know, like um, when the ball, when the when teams try to get the ball out of his hands and the ball goes to the weak side, that weak side guy's got to make something happen. He's got to drive it or shoot it, and he's got to score. Um, so that's where the next step in the evolution of the Pacers will be. Are those guys good enough to do that on a regular basis? Are they good enough to do that in a playoff game? Are they good enough to do it in a playoff game on the road? Do you believe believe they are, the pieces they have right now? I mean, I'm not trying to cop out. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. The the small sample size I've seen from Toppin in New York last year was no, not enough. Um, And from Buddy Heald over the years has been mixed. 
But, you know, fairness dictates that you give this group an opportunity, right? Like, you have to see what this, what these guys do with, on this team uh, in the playoffs. So if they make the playoffs um, next two or three years, we're going to find out uh, if these guys are good enough. But I think Rick Carlisle, I saw him at a press conference where he was very – he was asked about what, you know, do they need to make a move? And he said they're going to be very, very um, judicious and take their time before deciding – uh, what to do in terms of adding to the roster and bringing in a new, you know, bring, trying to go get a, another star or something like that. And I think that's the, I think that's the right approach for Indiana to take. I don't think what you don't want to do is say, well, we made the finals of the in season tournament. We've arrived. We just need, we should go ahead and go all in now. That's, that's a terrible, that would be a terrible decision. <laughs> um, you got to find out and you only find out by having a group, make two or three playoffs in a row and see what they do and see if they get better. Hey, David, it's Brendan. I was going to ask you about Rick because, of course, he had his stretch as the Pacers head coach before, went to Dallas, and, you know, when he came back, his reputation again preceded him and what he did with the Mavs. But to you, as a veteran coach, what has he helped out or done most for this team? I think what Rick all what Rick is, is very good at is structure. What Rick is very good at is kind of a consistency in terms of expectations and being demanding uh, about details and things like that. Um, and, you know, again, the proof's in the pudding. Every team he's ever coached gets better. Um, this team's getting better uh, because he he is exacting in what he what he wants in terms of offensive, defensive philosophy and and how he wants the guys to play and how he wants them to be connected. Um, he's very good at it. Um, and again, he's been good at it at every stop, no matter what, what his talent level was. Uh, and I think he's got a good group. I mean, adding a guy like Bruce Brown, I think is worth its weight in gold just because he's just such a team guy. Uh, I think he's a, the type of guy you need. McConnell's the same kind of guy, team guy. Um, and so, and you've got a superstar who is, I don't want to say humble, because I don't think he's humble. I don't think you can be a superstar by being humble. <laughs> but I think he's not a jerk. I'll put it that way. <laughs> you know, so um, so you got, you've got good pieces here, but he, Rick does a very good job of getting those pieces to kind of work together. David Aldridge is our guest. He's senior NBA columnist for The Athletic. David, one of the really interesting things to me about Tyrese Halliburton and I think you're aware of this. I mean, I know that you have multi, you know, you cover every market, but I think people covering the NBA would know this. In Indiana, with Pacer fans, there's a little bit of PTSD over Paul George leaving, over Victor sure. Oladipo leaving. And so, right. to your point, it's really big that Halliburton basically said, this is where I'm going to be. Then the question becomes, can he get other players to join him here, or do the sands of the hourglass run through where he then gets discontented, if that's a word, or, or un- unhappy because he's not getting players to come here, and then we have the other two all over again? Can Tyrese yeah. Halliburton recruit players to Indiana? Uh, boy, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, it's not – that's not an easy question to answer um, because I, you know – Every every player's different. Every um, in terms of their personal persuasion, I, I don't buy the notion that necessarily that 
every superstar is good at recruiting other superstars. You know what I mean? Right. For for the first reason, which nobody, I don't think a lot of people really think about is, like I said, all these guys at that level have monster egos, right? <clears throat> and so it's unusual to get a superstar player to say, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere where I'll be less of a superstar. <laughs> right. I'm going to make less money, right? Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like, just because Miami got it to work once doesn't mean it works everywhere. And in, in most cases, it doesn't work. You know, the recent history has been that it doesn't work very well. Um, you know, and so I think that model is a little outdated, maybe. Um <laughs> I think there's it's not and again if you look at Brooklyn with when they went all in or you look at Philly when they went all in with superstars it's not really worked all that well the Clippers haven't really broken through they've made one conference final you know like it's not like they're in the finals every year so we may have to redefine superstar right? right like it may not be somebody that is in the all-star game every year it may be just a really good role player who's willing to take a a, a secondary role to, to Tyrese um so can he get someone like that yeah probably you know can he get and I'm just I'm not saying I'm just throw a name out I'm not saying this guy's coming not coming I'm just throwing a name out as as a that level of player like uh, John Morant, you know, like, could he get John Morant? To go? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I think he, but I think he could get other people who want to win. And that's all you're really talking about. Yeah. I guess. Do you think players see him yet as a guy that they go, that's a guy that I want to play with because he'll help me win. Well, he's the, he is for a star player, for a superstar player. He passes the ball, right? I mean, he's in the league in assists, right? So, I mean, so you're not playing with a guy that's going to dominate the ball, pound it like Harden, pound it like Kyrie. They're all, they're great players and they're all right, but they pound the ball. Like, they just do. And so Tyrese does not pound the ball. And that makes him more, uh, more of a guy that people want to play with because they know they're going to touch the ball. And if they pass it, they'll get it back. You know, that, that stuff matters. Um, so... Yeah, I think they will. I mean, look, you know, the Pacers had a great run for a long time with Reggie Miller leading the way. Reggie never got anybody who would you you would consider like a first ballot Hall of Famer to come play there. But a lot of good players played there, you know, and they and they had a run and they got to a finals. And I think that's what the model should be going forward. David, let's not sell short the contributions late in the career of Chris Mullen now. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Perkins, come uh, on now. Absolutely. No, well, I said good players. I know. Oh, well, players. <laughs> Trust Mark me. Jackson, good player. Here it's like, hang a banner. The guy was a marquee player. player at one time. Hey, I'm curious to this, David Aldrich, before we let you go. You know, you've covered the league a long time, and you've, you've seen great players, great rivalries, great all of it. Yeah. When we're kids, we read about different – we read different – children's books that are of inspiration and underdog stories and and you know we're, we're taught to to believe in ourselves give me an nba player that you covered that maybe wasn't michael jordan and maybe wasn't magic johnson but give me a player that you covered that you actually deep down thought to yourself 
if you could put that guy's life story into a children's book, it would be one of the great inspirational tales, but people wouldn't even believe it because it was such a good story. And maybe the story wow. was even better than the, than the quality of the player, but the guy wow. himself was just darn cool. Anybody jump out at you? That is one of the most unique questions I've ever been asked. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, um, I mean, there's so many people. Like Joe Dumars comes to mind. I mean, Joe had Joe. You know, Joe's life and his family is, is fascinating to me, and he wound up being a great player, kind of a self-made great player. Um, and, and 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 one of the great people. That I was going to say a great work. contributor to the game beyond the lines of the court, right? Yeah, but just a good good human being. You know, once treats people with respect and and has always been kind of a, a good citizen, right? Um, so, and I just always liked talking to Joe because he was honest and he was never he never got caught up in the trappings of being an NBA athlete. Um, you could have very easily seen him be like a principal of a high school or something like that. You know what I mean? Would have had the same qualities as a, as a human being. Um, I mean, that's the type of guy that I think of. Um, Malik Seeley was a great Boy. person. Uh, Malik Seeley, man. Person. And, you know, David, just, do you remember? do you remember what happened to him in the playoffs? And I'm sure it was – probably even like a gag. But do you remember supposedly when the Pacers were in New York, I think it mm-hmm. might have been Seeley's rookie year when he allegedly left his playbook in a phone booth. Yeah, do you remember sure, that? Sure, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and somebody got like sent it to the to WFAN and they're like reading the Pacers plays right. over the radio. Yeah, you know? I remember that. But and then, Malik was just a, a good dude. He was a great guy. He was just always positive and um, – you know, and you know these guys see everybody's trying to be their friend, but Malik always seemed like he was genuinely happy to see you when he saw you <laughs> when he ran into you. You know, like and 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 the the reverence with which KG and and Sam Mitchell and the other people that that really knew Malik talk about him even to this day. You know, you just you just know that that was a solid guy. He was a solid dude. Um, so guys like that, I mean, I, that, but I thank you for that question. That was a really good, I mean, nobody's ever asked me that, you know, like, um, and that was, it, it's good. And it's, it, I, I want people to know, and I know you guys know this too as well. Like most of the league is guys like that, right. you know, just sure. good people. They're, they're good guys. They're not jerks. They really aren't. Um, they are affected by money like anybody else. And certainly at the level now that money that the guys are making now, but most of the guys in this league are not bad guys. Um, and that's why one of the reasons I enjoy covering the league is because they're, in the main, mostly pretty good guys. Um, and, and and I enjoy talking to them, and I still do. You know, David, I know a couple of years ago when, when his career was coming to an end from an executive standpoint that Donnie Walsh, the former Pacer executive, was, you know, going through, and as anybody does, you know, ridding out some of their wardrobe, right? Like getting rid of clothes they don't wear anymore or whatever yeah. else. And as they're going through it, somebody said, okay, well, this tie here is obviously 25 years old. I mean, and, and he stops them and goes, no, 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 that's a Malik Seeley tie. Yeah. I've got to hold on to that. Because Malik Seeley became a like a, you know, remember he had a tie line of neckties, but th- the quality of person he was was one that when you have that little piece of somebody like that, a little piece of fabric that connects to them, you hold on to that. And I think that speaks volumes exactly of what you're talking about. 
I still have one floor from where I'm sitting now in my closet, a Malik Seeley tie. Heck yeah. I like that. I always have a Malik Seeley tie. I like that. David, we appreciate the time. Always good coverage. A couple of really good articles for people on The Athletic about Tyrese Halliburton as well as an interesting look back at the highest scoring game in NBA history that was some 40 years ago, and who knows, that might fall by the Pacers here within the next couple of months. We never know, right? It could. David, appreciate the time, man. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you, all right? Same to you. Thank you very much. All right, David Aldridge, our guest on the program. Really interesting stuff there. You know, the – Man, there've been even with the Pacers, there have been so many fascinating characters and personalities that have come through. I mean, Ron Artest is the first that comes to mind of guys that just, you know, there were so many things beyond the pale of, of of knowing the person and just getting the the backstory. When you, you know, I, I've told this story before, Brendan, but but I, I'm going to do it again because it, it always fascinated me. Um, I will never forget it when Ron Artest was with the Pacers and made a trade demand. I was working at Channel 6 at the time, and we had, like, no um, way to get a hold of him. He, he had given me at one point his cell phone number, but it was off. You know, I mean, that we, we were like, how do we get a hold of him? So we knew where he lived. So I went with Doug Weathers, my buddy and coworker. We drove up to Ron Artest's house. But, of course, you're not going to go to the guy's house and knock on the door. You know what I mean? So we waited at the bottom of the driveway to, to see if there's any chance he was going to come home. And he did. Eventually, he, he this car pulled up. And like, I, literally, probably eight different guys got out of this car, and one of them was Ron Artest's brother. And he said, "Are you looking to talk to my brother?" And I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Okay, you can come in the house." So we walked in. Ron Artest was wearing a full-length fur coat with a Pacers pair of Pacers basketball shorts and flip-flops, no shirt. It was middle of winter, freezing outside, and and he comes out of the house, and then he invited us in. And he Ron Artest was, uh, and still is, just a. a I'm not like best friends with the guy by any stretch, but a but a kind soul, right? So I'm looking around, and literally everywhere I'm looking, there are guys, sleeping bags and or guys sleeping on the floor, guys watching TV, guys on the couch. There was one guy who had a sleeping bag in the, the landing area of the stairwell. There had to have been 15 people living or sleeping on the floors in Ron Artest's house. And so one of the guys says, Artest was getting changed to – for us to do the interview, I'm talking to one of the guys, and I said, "So now, do you guys, do you guys all know Ron from New York, or like where you grew up?" And the guy said, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, we all we all grew up together in QB, which is Queenbridge, which was the housing project where he grew up in New York." And at this time, the narrative about Ron Artest was that you know Ron Artest is crazy and Ron Artest is, you know, angry and you know all this stuff, right? So we're sitting there, and I said, "Oh, okay," and I said, "So you guys all grew up together?" And the guy goes, "Well, yeah." Um, but we all made a pact with each other like in seventh grade. And I go, what do you mean? And he points to one of the guys. I kid you not, it's a true story. He points to one of the guys and he goes, you see that guy over there? Yeah, and he goes, that's, and he tells me the guy's name. I go, okay. And he goes, we were in seventh grade taking the train to go to school and his cousin got shot. And so we had to step over his cousin's body on the way to the train station. And so at the train station, we all made a pact with each other that if we ever got out, whichever one of us got out would take everybody else with us. And Ronnie got out, so we lived with him. And I'm like, you know what? Those kinds of backstories are why I've always kind of reserved judgment as to and any anybody, any walk of life, but in particular athletes in general, you just you never know the backstory. That's and you cool. think because they have a million dollars and because they have this lifestyle, you forget that in reality you are still an eyelash away from when for a lot of them their life was hell. And, and you don't just turn your back on hell without having some some fire marks on you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just always tried to keep that in mind. 
Uh, by the way, we're going to talk Colts and the Steelers. Kevin Bowen coming up, joining us 2 o'clock. And, of course, we'll get into that. And more of an awesome weekend in sports in Indianapolis, including college basketball. We'll get more into Purdue and Arizona and Indiana, Kansas. We'll do it on the other side in a way that you can help out those that might need it for the holidays. We'll let you know about that on the other side as well. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Halfway through on this Friday, and as I had mentioned, I am officially declaring for everybody because of the fact that tomorrow you've got Ball State, Indiana State at the Fieldhouse, followed by Purdue and Arizona at 4.30, right across the street from the Colts-Steelers game kicking off and right up the highway from Indiana and Kansas. A full slate of awesome activity in Indianapolis, so therefore I am officially declaring for all of you, right now, weekend begins, take it off. Bail, get out of work, go home, do whatever you got to do. But when you're doing so, keep in mind that you have an opportunity still to make a difference in the lives of a young person in central Indiana because our next guest, a buddy of mine, if you ever see him, it probably takes like 15 seconds before you see a huge smile on his face, and he wants to make that smile contagious for people throughout central Indiana. Ann Paris joins us, who, of course, is putting together the Ann Paris and Friends Put a Smile on a Child's Face for Christmas Toy Drive and there are many ways in which you can help out. But, Amp, first off, Merry Christmas, man. Good to talk to you. Always a pleasure. Jay, how you doing, brother? Uh, you know what? I'm good. Like I just said, it's the best time of year, is it not? I mean, it really is, you know. And, um, Amp, I, I think sometimes it's important to stop and realize that for other people, the enthusiasm for the holidays, there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to share that same belief and same enthusiasm. But some obviously are in situations where that's hard to do. And that's where you want to come in and make a difference. Take me through what has now grown into a massive thing for the Amparis Foundation and how this all came about and what year you're in now. So, man, it's uh, first of all, your first point is so poignant. Um, you know, you never know what somebody is going through. And, you know, people like you and I who are in privileged situations, we have the opportunity to impact other people's lives just through service. And um, you do a mountain of things throughout the city throughout the year um, that has nothing to do with what you do uh, to pay your bills. It's just who you are as a person. And I'm a firm believer to whom much is given, much is required. That's the way that I was raised. My mother raised me as um, the youngest of eight in a single parent home. Uh, I know what it's like for to see single parents, especially mothers in particular, fathers as well, who are raising their kids. Um, but sometimes they need a little support. They need a little hope. Um, and they just need someone to show that they care because in these days that we're living, man, tomorrow is not promised. So I decided like 14 years ago, this is going on 15, 16 years. I don't even remember. Um, 
that I wanted to do my part. So I started the uh, Amparas and Friends Put a Smile on the Child's Face toy giveaway where I initially adopted 300 kids. Um, now I'm up to 1,200 kids, and, you know, I'm thankful to my partners at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for coming alongside me, along with the Indiana Pacers, the Indianapolis Colts, um, to help me put a smile on a child's face and, you know, just take a little pressure off of some of these parents out here. And with that, Amp, you know, you've been collecting. I remember when this first began, you know, the fact that now you're going to be able to help out, what, a thousand kids. I mean, it, this this has grown exponentially from, from one year to the next. It, you know, and I guess there's two ways to look at that, Amp. The first would be that that's awesome, and that shows, like, your, your kind of your power and your influence in doing that. The other would be that that means that there are still a thousand kids that are in need, right, and a thousand families, and there's always need – throughout the city itself how are the, tell me the different ways in which people can contribute and help out so right now you know i gotta shout out my partner the john bonner center that's my hub like i don't know any of these families Jake. i don't know any of the kids uh and i don't make it like it's you gotta fill out a job application for help um so i go through the john bonner center and they connect through uh various community centers around the city and what they do is they give me 1200 names of kids uh, ranging from zero to 10 years old. Uh, and then what I do is um, I, I, I used to just kind of pay for everything on my own. And then my team was like, Amp, we got to do something. We got to let the community help you help others. So hence I started my foundation back up, the Amp Harris Foundation. And what we do is we, we still take donations. I actually go shopping for these families on Monday and Tuesday. But we started the work at, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway like two weeks ago. And it's a, it's a two-and-a-half-week undertaking to get everything delivered, bagged up, uh, put in order, and then we do the actual toy giveaway. Um, and the families are pre-selected all the, all, also, by the way. So we do everything on the track, which you're very familiar with. Uh, and the families get to try drive around the, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We make a huge experience about with it. So what I do is I have people to make a donation. They can go to my foundation, which is Amp Harris foundation.org or they can find me on social media just under amp amp harris h-a-r-r-i-s and they can get the information and so what i try to do is get some of my celebrity friends to participate whether it's mike f you know edrin james started this with me reggie wayne has been a part of it. george hill paul george uh and i try to tie a lot of robert mathis uh shaq leonard um, the Colts and Pacers are like huge influence partners of mine. So I try to do my part and I let, and so I let the city come alongside to help. And that's why I'm doing this interview with you. Amp with that, is there a, you know, I, I know from me, okay. It was actually at the Colts complex years ago. Uh, I was out there doing, I think I was covering, I don't even think I was participating, but you know, the, I was covering an event that was for the then children's bureau now known as Firefly. And I remember a, a little girl coming up and tugging me on the sweatshirt to ask me a question. And, and like, I looked down at her and I could see like this hope. I, I could just see in her that like where she was in that moment was a place that was offering a refuge of hope. And and I've never forgotten it. And for you, I know that you, you know, we had different backgrounds Um and you probably were one that at one time was looking for that refuge of hope, and that's what inspires you. But have there is there a specific moment where you've seen the impact of what you've done where you then had the epiphany that this was something that you were going to do so long as you lived here? 
Um, you know what? Every year that I do it, man, and, and COVID actually made me pivot because before COVID, I was doing it inside, and I would make an entire production out of it. So we would bring the families in, and I would have national recording artists come in and perform. Um, I would feed the families, and it really the, – the toys was really a topic for me. The, the the real issue was I was able to do wraparound services for those families to give them more information, whether it be for financial literacy, education, uh, information to get their bills paid. But I was able to capture, Jake, like 700 families, 1,000 kids, 1,200 kids, all in one area. And that's the part that I missed. But what I was able to do was I was able to connect with families that, looked at me and I'm a product of their environment. So I am a beacon of hope for those families because I'm, I'm, I'm the kid that came from the single parent home. I'm the kid that grew up in the projects. I'm the kid that grew up on welfare, government teachers and all of that. And also I am now the kid that's able to turn back around and give back to those families, man. So every year, whether if it's a grandmother that's crying and, and wanting to hug me and, you know, pull up in the car and pray for me for, for the work that I'm doing, so, you know, again, the toys is, is one small thing, but it's really the, the hope that they feel like somebody can see this. You know, so many times we have our professional athletes, our professional teams, corporate America, that they don't understand how small things like this go the furthest. It's not like, we're Jake, we're buying them cars or anything. It's just that toy for that particular kid or that opportunity for that grandparent who's raising their grandkids but they don't have the money so every year there's a story jake that impacts me that brings tears to my eyes that this makes me work and it's a lot of work that i put into it it's a lot of money so um it is beneficial back and forth for me to help them but they're also giving me help in my with my mental health walk man so it's it's a beautiful thing Amp Harris is our guest. Again, ampharrisfoundation.org is where you can find out all of the information, how you can help out for the Amp Harris and friends. Put a smile on a child's face for Christmas toy drive. They're going to be able to enjoy all of this on December 21st at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but Amp has right on the website where you can make a monetary donation or help out in any way, shape, or form that can be done to help out these kids. Uh, Amp, you had mentioned your friend Reggie Wayne. He's turning into a pretty good coach, isn't he? Man, what is he? I call him Coach Wayne, and he hates it. <laughs> now, what's his middle name? He won't tell me his middle name. Will you divulge his middle name? No, then I won't be a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but he I'll tell you what, though. He is, um, you know, you can start to see the, the fruits of his labor within the receiving core. Yeah, actually, man, you know, it's funny because Reggie and I, I've been along this journey with Reggie, with Edrin. You know, the transformation from player to that next life after – as a consultant, as somebody who, you know, works with athletes and, and manage athletes and all of that, this is something that for a long time he was on the fence. Like, do I really want to do that? Do I want to? It's a lot of hours and it's a lot of this and it's a lot of that. And it's so different from a player like him who is a marquee player to now really being a whole nother level of discipline where he's like, I'm like, Reggie, you're, you're a teacher. Like, you are an influencer. And him learning, Jake, a new patient compared to the patients he had to have on the field. Um, 
so when I when we laugh and we talk about this, and I always text him because, uh, like, the kid Downs, I, I gave him a nickname, First Downs, and I told Reggie, like, bro, that kid is going to be special. He's a good and, player, yeah. Oh, my God, he's amazing. And, and Reggie's the one that Reggie. really leaned – supposedly Reggie's the one that, like, really told Chris Ballard, like, listen, you've got to take – you know, you got to take a look at this kid. Ain't no question about it. Reggie was the person that he had two on his his radar. He told me he scouted them out. He said they're small but fast, and they run routes. And when he got down, he was like, bro, this kid is going to be – he's going to be a good one. So to watch him, man, you know, morph into this – not just a coach, you know, it's got to be more to, and this is what I used to always teach him, like management is one thing, but leadership is a completely different thing. And you can see the leadership in him, you know, because Reggie ain't that much far removed as still being a young kid. So he relates to these guys. So it's, it's a joy, man, to watch him really dive into being this kind of coach that he really cares about the maturity of the players because we talk about it all the time. And now, you know, to look at him and see him on the sideline with his red hat on, uh, I, I, it, it's a joy because he was he was really perplexed about do I want to do this or not because of the commitment. And he's making a huge commitment because his family is still in South Florida. So, you know, he's – I mean, the commitment he's got, and he's dove into it, Jake. So, I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him, man. I, 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 I laugh every time I see one of his guys do something special. If you've ever seen Amp Harris play pickup basketball, you know that yesterday when I referenced the fact that Jay Crowder looks like a stormtrooper with all of his <laughs> knee pads and arm sleeves and elbow pads, uh, that's Amp Harris who, when that's he plays true. basketball, looks like a stormtrooper. But most importantly, uh, Amp, underneath all of that body armor, underneath all of that, uh, heart of gold. And that is why you've put together this for another year, the AmpHarrisFoundation.org, where people can find out more. Amp, always a pleasure, man. Look forward to seeing you, and Merry Christmas, okay? Love you, brother, man. Appreciate you having me on, man. Merry Christmas to you as well. Appreciate it very much. Amp Harris joining us on the program, one of the true good guys in this city. And, Eddie, something in common with you. Are you aware? No. Amp Harris, a Decatur Central Hawk. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Indeed. Um, at least I hope so now that I say it. I'm 99.999% certain that that's correct, that he is a product of Decatur Central. But giving back to the community, and again, um, fabulous website when you look at the foundation and you see uh, everything there. And like I said, you know, th- this is the time of year where <clears> – <throat> I mean, obviously year-round it should be this way, but every kid should realize, even those in a disadvantaged situation, that it's a city of hope and a city of good people that are willing to do what they can to to try to help out uh, and make a difference. And it's a city that's going to be a hub of activity when it comes to the world of sports here this weekend. Um, Brendan King, I'll let you take your pick. Ball State, Indiana State, Indiana, Kansas, Purdue, Arizona. The one game that is right now kind of the most intrigued to you would be which? Well, I'm interested to see. Butler's playing too, by the way. Yeah, well, Southeast Missouri State, we'll see how that goes. But, um, no, I think the game against Arizona for Purdue, because you talked about it to lead off the show, Jake, of Purdue has answered the bell when they have taken on um, non-conference opponents at this type of level. Every time for the last two years, seemingly. And the NCAA tournament is where things went wrong. But this, to me, just feels a little bit different based off of the guys that Tommy Lloyd has been able to bring in in his first couple years at Arizona. That guy is one of the most vigorous recruiters in the country. And maybe for the first time, they don't have anybody as big as Zach Eady, 
but they have guys that can rebound like Zach. It's just a matter of right. if they can jump over. Really good point. Yeah. I, you know, Kansas and Arizona to me is intriguing because I, I keep talking about this. I think that Indiana, for Indiana, what's going to be a challenge is the following, and that is Kansas can play at a furious pace, and and they play at a furious pace like at every position. Now, Indiana, I don't know, Brennan, that just yet that they have, especially with Xavier Johnson out, that from a guard standpoint, that they have the maturity at the guard position to be able to not fall victim to that and try to run and play faster than they are. Kansas forces you into, do you ever have, everybody has this, okay? Like in your group of buddies or where you work, everybody has that one person that's like, like Tom Crean, like running a million miles a minute, right? Yeah. And it's it's fine, except for there are times where you're like, I mean, everybody has that friend in college, or like when you're in your twenties and you know that that you're laying around and every you're, you're watching some rerun of Saved by the Bell on TNT, and like you know everybody's just kind of chilling out, and there's one guy that's like super frantic, and finally somebody's like, "Dude, would you just calm down? <laughs> like you're killing the whole mood in the place here, right?" We, uh, one of my best friends. Diehard Michigan State fan, guy can't sit still when he's watching Michigan State game, and he we call him. And Tom, it makes you nervous, we, right? We call him Tom Crean because he paces up and down the sideline. Right. It's like, like it's like a nervous energy that, <laughs> yeah. that like it becomes contagious in the room. Yeah. And I think that Kansas has the ability to be that guy to take you and 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 all of a sudden create a nervous energy for the opponent because Kansas can play at that pace, but the second that you try to do it yourself, instant trouble. Brennan, who- Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Who uh, sings this song? Lead singer. Oh, jeez. It's Journey, duh. It, but, of course. Yeah. Uh, it, lead singer is? Only reason I say it, I used, I used to, I, I was about to punk you on one of the games I used to do with buddies when they'd sing along. It would uh, be it, Steve, it Perry. Steve, Steve Perry. Perry. And then you go, well, let's keep it that way. Yeah. You were about to oh, bust yeah. into You actually sounded pretty good there, though. Thank you. I don't even know that you realized you were singing along, but it's a hard song not to sing along oh, to, of right? I mean, I'm... I'm actually going on American Idol next week. Oh, really? Well, I'm trying to. I, I officially, by the way, I should. Do we have the breaking news center, Eddie? We have the breaking news center. Thank you. Uh, I have officially applied for the amazing race. Hey. Thank you. That's fantastic. Mottman you, and I. Uh, you finally figured out how to get the video uploaded? I did. Gosh, it was, it was grueling. But you have I, to I, upload I, a video for it? Yeah. Oh, video, photos, uh, tell the story. And I figured, and listen, it has nothing to do with me liking Dr. Mottman. I just figured that gave me the best chance of getting selected, right? The story of, of the guy that did my procedure <laughs> so gave me the best chance. What happens when you go to, like, Termekistan and you want to have a PBR party? Oh, he's not going. 
Well, first off, Motman, a fan of PBR. So we're good in that regard. Huge okay. fan. Now, I don't but, know that they have that in Turkmenistan. I don't know if they have PBR, right? Well, you can bring, you, <laughs> you can get, introduce them. You get your own, you get your own version. I get the a Turkmeki light, as it's known there, right? Their <laughs> finest lager. That's the best part of the whole thing. Uh, we have some news that was not the breaking news, but there is some news in the NFL, right, Brennan? That's right. Well, which one do you want first? Uh, we'll go with that that most affects the Indianapolis Colts. C.J. Stroud will not play this weekend against the Tennessee Titans, but also. His number one wide receiver, Nico Collins, is also out. So Davis Mills will start, and Mills will be without Collins and Tank Dell, their top two receivers. So, and they have who? Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Is Dalton Schultz good to go? I don't know. I know he was on the injury report all week. He has been injured as well, right? He has. Yes. I think he might be out as well. He returned to practice this week. Okay. And that's probably Oh, they just ruled him out. Yeah, there you go. Um, Ouch. So also it, in the NFL, by the way, a couple of changes made in Los Angeles, including Tom Telesco, the general manager of the Chargers, who spent nearly a decade in Indianapolis in various capacities and was really thought to be kind of a rising star amongst football executives. I'm sure he'll land somewhere else because his track record's pretty good. But things did go south with the Chargers. Justin Herbert, of course, hurt. And he's not the only one that is now all of a sudden looking at LinkedIn in Los Angeles, right? Well, Brandon Staley's looking at LinkedIn at the Bellagio blackjack table. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Wouldn't you? What better place to be fired than in Las Vegas? Do you think he got back on the plane in Vegas? You think they told him after the game? They had to have, right? They probably said, hey, let's have a meeting tomorrow and discuss the direction of the franchise. That'd be my guess, right? That's fair. Have you ever made the drive from Los Angeles to Las Vegas? I've not. It's a whole lot of nothing, right? Correct. Although there is a huge thermometer halfway through in Death Valley that that says like hottest place on earth or whatever. There there are a few things though. If you're in Los Angeles and you're driving to Las Vegas at night, which my buddy Dave Steinberg and I did once, few things make you feel more like a degenerate than driving through in the darkness of night to Los Angeles or to Las Vegas. You know what I mean? And all until sudden, the lights pop up though. Until the lights, and that's pretty awesome, admittedly. I mean, you see that and it's like holy cow, um, and. I've stayed. I, I think one of the most overrated things about Vegas is the question: of, Where'd you stay? Because you're right. never in your room, right? Never. But it just and it just has to do with. But now my understanding is the Venetian. The Venetian's the one connected to the Sphere, so if you're going to the Sphere, you want to stay at the Venetian. But the Bellagio is the one with the fountain show, right? That's right. And well, and they finally got all the scaffolding. Unless the ones in town, and then there's yeah. no fountain show. Exactly. Well, I th- I, it took them a while to get all that scaffolding out, and now you can see the fountains again. Uh, Kevin Bowen is going to join us next. We'll talk about the Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Little tr- Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
trivia here for you guys. Spontaneous query trivia. Not to bring up probably PTSD for Kevin Bowen with that. Billy Jean is or is not the child of Michael Jackson in this song. The chorus, of course, being Billy Jean is not my lover. She's just a girl who claims that I am the one, but the kid is not my son. However, so this is a great bar bet for you guys. Later in the song, he says, she showed a photo and my baby cried because his eyes were like mine because we danced on the floor in the round, thus subtly confessing to the fact that, yes, in fact, she proved that the child is his son. There's your little trivia for you. Is this an episode of Maury? I'm telling you right now. That's right. The, the, the results were in. I'm telling you right now. There's at least one person driving in their car that's like, whoa, total mind blow. Read the lyrics. <laughs> it's Kevin, actually. Read the lyrics. That's right. Uh, Kevin Bowen, who, of course, you hear on the morning program with Andy Sweeney, the wake-up call with KB and Andy joining us now on the program to preview Colts and Steelers. That game tomorrow, not Sunday. That's the first interesting thing about it. The second, that it is two teams, Kevin, would you agree? You always know that it's going to be big games this time of year, but this one's particularly big because... You know, Pittsburgh one is one of those that doesn't jump out at you on paper as overly imposing. However, right there as one of those that it almost feels like this is like an elimination game, if you will, for the wild card as it comes down to it. Your thoughts on Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, you know, if you look at whatever some of those analytics sites, about 40% difference for the Colts. You win, you know, a little north of 60% chance to make the playoffs, you lose down to 20 and then you know if you lose you obviously have lost another head-to-head tiebreaker you've already lost you know to Cincinnati and to Cleveland and that would be pretty damaging as well when you think about you know how the next four weeks could play out uh, so huge yeah massive massive JMV's old must win uh, it certainly applies pretty much to this one you're going to need gobs of help if you lose it and if you win it um, you've got a little bit more margin for error down the stretch okay let's begin with this Kevin because you've been at practice the last couple of days, um, those that we have not seen for a while that could be returning to the field and those that are not going to be in the game that we were hoping to see back? Well, the good news front, um, I don't expect Juju Brents to be available for the first time in nearly two months. I expect him to play. Like I, I expect him to be involved in the defense, uh, probably at the expense of Daryl Baker Jr., Uh, moving back to the bench. So, um, you know, he certainly hasn't been out there, you know, Juju for quite a while. But, you know, I I thought when he played, showed some promise and honestly brought a little playmaking to that secondary. So I'll be curious, you know, how he uh, looks after missing so much time. Uh, EJ Speed is back tomorrow. And I think you can make the argument of the four guys you missed last week. Jonathan Taylor, Braden Smith, Speed, and, and Juju. I think you can make the argument Speed was the most missed. Um, I know Ronnie Harrison Jr. got celebrated a lot for that pick six, but I, I just thought there were a lot of other plays in the game where, um, you know, him and the lineup, you know, you could kind of see uh, just the newness of you know, position switch over the course of, you know, 60, 70 snaps for him. Uh, so good news there. Uh, bad news would be Jonathan Taylor. And then I think even worse news is Braden Smith. You know, I know for whatever fantasy football purposes or, you know, more of the headline, it's the Jonathan Taylor missing a third straight game. But for me, it's it's so much more about Braden Smith and, the matchup with T.J. Watt and a rookie right tackle and, you know, what Pittsburgh looks like without Watt, with Watt in the lineup, uh, to me that's the biggest storyline for tomorrow. Hey, Kev, I was just about to ask you about the offensive line. How much more concerning is the right tackle spot considering that Ryman also struggled last week, so both of your tackles are, you know, of note? 
Yeah, it's a good point, uh, Brendan, certainly. Um, and, and, you know, when you look at Pittsburgh, they are probably one of the few teams in the league that have two edge rushers that, you know, hell, 31 others would, would love to have. Alex Highsmith's a pretty good player. Off the other side, he made a couple of big plays in that game last season. Obviously, Bernard Ryman late last year is a lot different than what he is now. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it, it, it's so huge because Pittsburgh needs those two in particular and just their defense to create something. Uh, they can't score. They don't score. They haven't, you know, really in a month, haven't scored over 20 in a month. So they've got to come up with, you know, short fields. I mean, if you look at it last week against New England, they scored 18 points with a block punt and an interception returned, you know, nearly for a touchdown. Like, I mean, usually, you know, teams that do that, they win the games, they usually score in the 20s, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, for me, I mean, both those tackle matches. But in particular, again, I'll go back to Watt. I mean, you know, when you look at the Colts this season, when they've played the elite, you know, pass rushers, those guys have really wrecked the game. And, you know, you know part of it is because they're great players, but I, I, I do think there's just got to be even more attention committed to T.J. Watt because, in my opinion, the only way Pittsburgh really is in this game is if they do create something defensively from a turnover and or score standpoint. Kevin, when you look at those teams that are right there in that chase for the wild card and I mean some of them are still trying to secure their own division I realize but I'll just put it to you this way I mean Cleveland Pittsburgh the Colts Houston Denver Cincinnati Buffalo okay there's kind of two ways to look at it one is that some teams might be there because a lot of breaks and scheduling have fallen their way truth be told I think to an extent the Colts fall into that grouping and others might be there because they had actually much higher expectations and tough schedule and injuries now have dropped them into this area. Who would you say falls into the second group, if any, of those that I mentioned? Okay, give that second one again. You said that would be the tough injury group. Teams that circumstances right. have put them there that have gone against them. Like it's not even necessarily their their complete fault that they're in this because they did, we thought they'd be in a higher position. Well, I'd say Buffalo. I mean, I don't know how much of it is injury-related, but, you know, they certainly have a very difficult schedule, and they will, I mean, close up the year. I mean, they got Dallas tomorrow night, and they're a Sunday evening, I think it is, and they still have a tough schedule the rest of the way. Uh, so I would say Buffalo is certainly a team you expected to be better than 7-6 and six at this point. I mean, outside of that, I think Houston is overachieved. I think Indy is overachieved. I You know, Pittsburgh, I guess, probably would be a little bit in this area. Um but I, I still think there are like quarterback questions in relation to them. And then obviously Cincinnati with, with not having Burrow. So I think a lot of it, maybe outside of Buffalo, Pittsburgh and, and Cincy, especially Cincy, you would put it at, you know, injuries to their quarterback. I remember Burrow was hurt, you know, to start the season and really was limited. You know, Denver, I, I guess there's, you know, talent on paper, but they were so abysmal last season. I, you know, maybe this is kind of an overachieve for them. Uh, honestly, Kevin Stefanski for Cleveland, that, that should be a top of the list of coach of the year. I mean, it's, it's incredible how many injuries they've had. Unfortunately, they lost the Ben Davis kid, Dewan Jones, this week for the rest of the season as well. Um, they've lost, I think, both their starting tackles besides Dewan Jones and obviously the Nick Chubb injury. I mean, hell, they've won games with four different starting quarterbacks. I mean, how many times do teams even start four different quarterbacks in a season, let alone win four games with each of them? So, uh, yeah, that's probably a little bit of a rundown on kind of where you would slot those teams in. Kevin, when you look at Jacksonville, Jacksonville's at 8-5, and five, okay? 
they've got Baltimore remaining, as well as Tampa, Carolina, and Tennessee. So it kind of looks like you get past like a big a big hurdle here, and then maybe it does soften a little bit. But when you consider, is the division still in play, or is Jacksonville kind of safe because they've got the two-game advantage over Indianapolis in the head-to-head, and then with Houston, obviously, from an injury standpoint, it's almost like those two can't catch up. But But is it still in play, the AFC South? I mean, it's going to take a lot of, you know, bad Jacksonville, good Colts, good Texans for that to change. I mean, I, I think I have this right. Wouldn't it take the Colts going 4-0 and down the stretch and Jacksonville going 2-2 two and two at best? I mean, because, again, they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Yeah, correct. Um, so, again, and that's the best-case Colts scenario and, you know, obviously very middle-of-the-case Jacksonville with, and you just read off Jacksonville's schedule, Jake. I mean, they've got some pretty manageable games after – Sunday with Baltimore and if I'm not mistaken I think if somehow all three of these teams were tied at the end of the year I think Jacksonville's already clinched that I believe they're three and one combined against Indy and Houston the best Houston or Indy could be would be two and two and you know when you have a three-way tiebreaker in the division you go with that head-to-head or I guess head-to-head head with all three of them and you know, the Colts being swept by the Jags is obviously not helping their cause there. So, I, again, I've kind of like maybe it's on the burner, but it's still on the back burner just because, like, you have to acknowledge it. But I just still think given the schedules and given, you know, certainly Houston's injury situation now with C.J. Stroud likely out for this week and, and just how, you know, the Colts, I, I don't know, I don't see them stringing together another four-win uh, win streak here to end the season. I, I've probably still just kind of said, all right, let's focus on the wild card, and maybe there'll come a point in time where where the division could be there. I mean, having said that, I guess if you you know just go strictly off of the betting lines, the Colts are a favorite. Jacksonville's an underdog this weekend. So if those two hold true, you know, then all of a sudden you are in a, a just one win and one loss, and now the Colts could be atop the South. Kevin, one of the things that's interesting to me, Kevin Bowen is our guest. You hear him in the mornings with Andy Sweeney on the wake-up call with KB and Andy from 7 to 10. One of the things that's interesting to me about Pittsburgh, your natural reaction is to go, oh, I mean, huge break for the Colts. they got a backup quarterback. Their starter's not in. Mitchell Trubisky's not exactly set the world on fire in his career as an NFL starter. And then I look at it and I go, but it's not like Kenny Pickett was necessarily like this juggernaut. Do they really have much of a drop-off Pittsburgh from 1 to 1A in terms of their quarterback? You know, I, I think the drop-off is more of, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Pickett was on a pretty good run of protecting the football. So maybe it's not super flashy. Surprising with his little hands that he has, right? He has little tiny hands, right? <laughs> yeah, I forgot you were all over that back, back, <laughs> back during the draft. Hand size, very important. Uh, Sure, sure, yeah. Get it, get out the tape measure here and uh, measure your hands. Um, yeah, I would say that's the difference, you know, because obviously Pittsburgh fired their offense coordinator a few weeks ago. They fired him for a reason, and they weren't very explosive offensively. I do think Pickett was doing a nice job of like, hey, let's just keep us in it. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Pittsburgh is second in the league in turnover margin. But when you're as kind of just, meh, I mean, they're very blah offensively. You know, if you just end drives with punts, which – gets back to my T.J. Watt thing from earlier. The Colts need to end drive bad drives with punts tomorrow and not turnovers. Uh, that <laughs> that goes a long way when you take away the football, and that's what Pittsburgh has done. So I would say that is the difference. 
uh, Trubisky to pick it, you know, maybe if both of them are protecting the football very well, it's not a huge difference. But, again, those turnovers can be so catastrophic. So uh, I would say that. I mean, the thing about Pittsburgh, and I mean, you guys know this, I mean, when you look at, like, their skill group, I mean, there are many recognizable names. I mean, it's not like – I don't look at them and think it's Carolina and New England. Right. In terms of they just got nobody. I mean, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson have made plenty of plays in their, you know, youngish NFL careers. Pat, Pat Fryermuth, when healthy, is a pretty good tight end. Not and, I mean, Harris, they can run Jaylen the ball, Warren. Kevin. They, you know, yeah. they can run the ball, too, and, and soften things a little bit. And that's a good duo. I mean, I think it's, in a way, it's kind of reminiscent of, you know, what you faced last week and go Mixon and Chase Brown. So, um, they've got some guys. It's just the offensive line hasn't been great, and, you know, the quarterback play is just kind of blocked. Kevin, in case you haven't heard, the 107.5 The Fan Combine is next week in the basement in the gym. So <laughs> I start stretching my fingers get, now. Get the rule. We're, we still got to race the 40, you and me. So that, oh, I forgot about that. That, that's that, was, the, that was supposed to be a grand park, wasn't it? I know. That's the biggest match of the week. Hey, so do you just chalk it up to just a horrible day as a group? Or when you walk into Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow, is there any concern? I know it's a sensitive subject over the last few years. Is there any concern about kicking after Matt Gay missed a field goal and an extra point last week? Or do you just associate that with just a brutal day in Cincinnati altogether? Yeah, I'm going to chalk it up. It's just kind of a bit of a you know outlier for Matt Gay. Now, I, yes, it's outdoors. It's December. I didn't think it was super windy, to be honest with you, um, considering the temps. And I thought, you know, Evan McPherson, clearly, Cincinnati's kicker did a, did a nice job. Um, I don't know. It, there's no way to say this without giving Matt Gay excuses. But, I mean, for what it's worth, the dude, you know, left the stadium in, in Nashville the week prior and had to head straight to Utah and got to Utah just an hour or two, I believe, before his – I think it was his daughter um, – was born so clearly was you know pretty chaotic from a personal life standpoint early last week now he's back in Indy and he practiced all week long but um you know still it wasn't maybe as smooth of a you know week as he has been used to throughout the season so yeah anytime you miss two inside of 40 though it's not good and you are paying him to obviously make those kicks particularly in the month of December so I'm not going to be too too alarmed by it um and frankly this team just needs him to be as reliable as he was early in the year Kevin Bowen is our guest. Kevin, um, historically speaking, this has been, you know, an Achilles for the Colts. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers have, right? I, including, if I'm not mistaken, the last time they were here, right? You know, obviously, there have been games that it looked like the Colts, you thought like, yeah, they're not going to lose this game. I, it's, it's weird to say a trap game. I, I, that sounds ridiculous. I'm almost embarrassed to ask it, but – is this – I just can't see them losing it. I, I'll be honest with you. I, 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 Pittsburgh can't score enough points, right? Is there really any way Indianapolis can come out and stub their toe? They have to have it. Pittsburgh's not overly they, – they don't strike fear offensively. Like, what would have to go wrong for the Colts to lose? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on record right now as a guaranteed win. Yeah, I, I mean, again, when you played elite – Edge rushers, they've wrecked the game. I mean, if you look at yeah, you know, you're right. Miles Garrett top certainly guys, did. Yeah, you know, Miles Garrett did. Trey, I, I would argue Trey Hendrickson wrecked uh, you know a big part of last week. Uh, and then go back to both the Jacksonville games. I mean, remember the Josh Allen strip sack was such a big turning point um, earlier this season. And T.J. Watt probably is you know at, he's in the Miles Garrett you know category of those three names. So. That, I think, is of the concern. And I remember a few years ago, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick had a huge pick six against the Colts. So 
again, there are some guys on that team that just individually can make some plays. Now, having said that, I think Trubisky stinks. And it's a team that right now, there seems to be a lot of internal, you know, beef might be too big of a term, but, like, there are some issues, with, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, with some guys. Um, but, again, individually, I mean, I remember a few years ago, Cam Hayward picking Quentin Nelson up and driving him right back into Jacoby Brissett and, you know, taking Jacoby off the field for a bit. I mean, again, they've got some dudes. And, you know, Mike Tomlin, it seems like every time Pittsburgh is teetering on this, hey, they're going to have a losing season, boom, they just win a game. And it might be ugly and it might be sloppy, but they get it done. So uh, if you can, if you tell me right now the Colts win the turnover battle and or you know, Pittsburgh does not create a short field via turnovers. I don't think they're potent enough offensively to overcome that. But I think the line is pretty accurate in calling a coin flip game in that, you know, the Colts right now offensively, I just haven't seen in recent weeks the ability to, you know, really put a lot together. I mean, they easily could have lost in Tennessee. I mean, they needed two block punts and a missed extra point to win that game. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll be dead wrong, but I don't know if I've got. I, well, I don't have the same confidence that that you do about this one. Were you surprised, Kevin? And I wanted you to shed a little light because I think it may have crossed paths in the building with you. I, I'm pretty certain. Uh, Tom Telesco, who was with the Colts for a very long time, was relieved of his duties today as the general manager of the LA Chargers. Probably not huge implications from an Indianapolis standpoint, except for that he is a guy that I that I think was very well respected and very well liked with the franchise for a really long time, talking about his connection to the Colts. Yeah, I was a little surprised that it was the full cleaning of the house. Now, I, I'm actually probably one that kind of agrees with that. I, I think it's always weird if you like, you know, you know, keep the head coach and then it's a new GM coming in or vice versa there. Um I think that's awkward. I mean, you go back to Pagano in 2017. I mean, he was just a lame duck with Ballard taking over for one year, and then he fired him. So um, I think what's interesting about it is, does that make that job even more attractive to the big names? And I think the big names would be, in some order, Harbaugh and Belichick. I mean, do they look at that and say, wait a minute, the GM is open there too? Because, again, when Carolina fired Reich, they didn't fire the GM. So in Carolina, and, and hell, I mean, just look at the owner. But still, I mean, you, there's a clear hierarchy there in L.A. right now. The Chargers, you know, right now, it could be just one cook for that entire kitchen. And if you're Bill Belichick, if you're Jim Harbaugh, isn't that pretty darn darn attractive to you if you want full roster control, which, you know, those two would seem to want that. I'm also curious this. Maybe I'm giving Justin Herbert too much credit, but I am interested, like, is there a current head coach of a team? And for some reason, Mike Vrabel's popping in my mind, but like they've done some nice things. They're pretty established. And all of a sudden, do they look at that situation as one that they want better than their own, whatever their own has a weird quarterback situation. They don't like the direction. Um, I'm trying to think of the NBA. Didn't we kind of have that with like Quinn Snyder moving on to the Hawks? I don't know. Maybe that, that didn't add up. Um, but, you know, it's something along those lines of like, again, does the fact that you have a Herbert pretty established, um, would that be attractive to some people? I would so, think. Uh, very interested to see how that opening plays out. Kevin, do you remember a couple of years ago, I, and it was like three years ago, Jimmy Johnson, uh, the football commentator, not the race car driver, Jimmy Johnson said on one of the pregame shows 
that if he were to draft any player in the league right now for his roster, he would take Justin Herbert. And, you know, I think that Justin Herbert is very highly thought of because he's, you know, he's a very good player, obviously. That combined with the fact you're playing in L.A. and you're playing in a great stadium has to be of appeal. I guess the other question, you mentioned Belichick's name. I would be under the belief that with Belichick, this is it. Do you think he would go somewhere else? I don't know. How old is he? Is he seven? What, what's he? He's got to be in his 70s, right? I'm going to guess he's 71 is my guess. Brendan, let's yeah. play it. Your guess. Price is right rules, Belichick? Kevin. Closest without going over. Belichick, I'm going I'm going 71. What's your guess, Brendan? 73. Uh, Kevin, your guess? Uh, I was going to go right in, right in between those two. <laughs> Kevin with the – actually, that's you're kind of pigeonholing yourself there. Um, I okay. know. I know. Would you like to know, know the answer? One dollar, Bob. What is 71. the answer, Eddie Garrison? Seventy-one. Thank you very much. What did we wager? Absolutely nothing. You guys each owe me a dollar. A brand new car. Um, but so that that said, <laughs> I, do you think this is it for him if he were to well, decide to part ways? I, part of me says no, but part of me is like, what the hell is Bill Belichick going to do with his life? Um, I mean, I, I just look at that Chargers situation, and yeah. You know, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say each of the two years before, they were over 500. You know, it's, it's not like, I mean, they've been god-awful. And, you know, Herbert's had, they got a lot of injuries around him defensively. Brandon Staley you know, is supposed to be kind of his M.O. They've struggled there as well. So that, to me, just looks like a relatively quick fix of, you know, you walk in there, new, I, I don't know, maybe a little bit like Denver this season with how Sean Payton has kind of viewed some things. So um, now, granted, do you want to be in the division with Patrick Mahomes? I guess that would kind of be devil's advocate off of that, but, I mean, if you look at the Raiders, you look at the Panthers, you you look at the Chargers, I mean, of those openings, I mean, if I'm Belichick, it's pretty darn obvious what would be atop the list. By the way, right now, Vegas odds, next Chargers head coach, plus 300, clubhouse leader, Bill Belichick, followed by Frank Smith, Kellen Moore, Ben Johnson, uh, Jim Harbaugh is at plus 900, Brian Flores also at plus 900. There you go. Interesting. Lincoln Riley, 14 to 1, Lincoln Riley. Wow. Wow. I mean, they probably go offensive. I mean, if that's, you know, how you're looking at it of, you know, the 180 from Brandon Staley. But I don't know. It's Belichick in L.A., dude. He just seems like, you know, gloomy northeast weather. <laughs> Here's the thing. You go from a you go from a hoodie to a Speedo, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, God. I don't know if I want to picture uh, old Bill in that there. Yeah, yeah. That's but you're right. He doesn't, exactly, do. he doesn't exactly radiate sunshine, right? Could you imagine being no. Brandon Staley right now? Millions of dollars fired in Vegas. Brendan's really hung up on oh, the Vegas thing. Oh, it's, it's unreal. One eight hundred nine with it. Brendan is the telephone. Uh, uh, unreal. He, he got on the plane, right? I mean, I don't know. Fly home last night. I I would have. I I feel like they would have told him after the game. That's just my opinion. Well, that's. I mean, hell, I I actually agree with Richard Sherman. I thought they should have fired him at halftime. <laughs> that was Four, that was is unreal that yesterday. Zip? Uh, how about this? The yeah. Raiders last night scored more than the Colts have ever scored in, as an Indianapolis franchise, right? Last night? I mean, isn't... Uh, that sounds right, yeah. 55 is yeah. the most, right? I mean, right, unbelievable. Right. I couldn't believe... I mean, they scored 42, and they didn't even start the game with the ball. You know, sometimes you get the extra possession in the first... Like, they didn't even start the game with the ball. I mean, they scored 42, and yeah. Uh, boy, good good work at Aiden O'Connell. Kevin, when you are at the – Kevin Bowen, our guest, when you're at the Colts-Steelers game, Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, will you be paying more attention with the other eye to Purdue 
Arizona, or what time does Indiana tip off with Kansas? That's also like 3.30 or 4, isn't it? That's early. I think it's 12.30. Is Indiana, Indiana Kansas? Kansas? Okay, so you can do both possibly yeah. then, right? Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll be um, – Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm selfishly pretty pissed that Purdue Arizona at the same time, but I'll try to dual screen it best I can. Purdue Arizona is going to be fun, no question about it, mm-hmm. right? Great atmosphere downtown. Secondary ticket. Have you guys seen those secondary ticket prices for it? For it's which crazy. one? Purdue, Arizona? Yeah. I mean, huge prices. Hey, man. Number, what are the two of the top three teams in the country, right? Yeah, let's, I mean, let's right, go. the whole event sold view. out, like original tickets. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a school. I just don't view Arizona as like, you know, this massive fan base that's well, traveling to Indianapolis. Correct. I mean, it's not like they, it's a long way to go, man. And if you're living in Arizona right now, you're like, do I want to go to the weather in Indianapolis? Um, Kevin, right, who'd your right, son exactly. pick? Have you done the pick yet? No, we haven't. I was telling Eddie uh, that's on the agenda when when he gets home from daycare. Before he does anything else, before he touches a toy, he's got to pick a helmet. So you don't do anything like um, you know to to make it a more rapid filming. You don't like hide a a piece of food under it and like you know not have him eat lunch or anything like that, do you? Like no no yeah, children no, we, are harmed during the filming of your your videos, right? No, no. There, thankfully, there's not that. We don't need CPS at the front door or anything. Um, but yeah, we did uh, early in the year. I'm trying to think which helmet. I mean, he was just in a mood. I think it was it was outdoors, so it must have been the Ravens game. We want to do it outdoors, and uh, we it, it got to a point where we had to put Cheez-Its on top of each helmet, and then he would just just walk over there or crawl over there and literally just eat each Cheez-It. I'm like, well, there goes that idea. Uh, luckily, after about the 13th take, he finally picked one. So. He's got to be the most uh, popular kid at daycare, right? Five in a row for the kid. Internet so, celeb, really? Yeah, I know. I know. So we'll see. Uh, dealer's helmet, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess black, yellow, red, blue. It's got some color. I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it could be attractive to him. Now, this helmet's, the helmets that you do, and for those that are unfamiliar, Kevin Bowen does a video where his son crawls in, well, and and picks the two helmets side by side, whichever he grabs first is going to be the winner of the game. Now, there could be a little bit of bias in it and the fact that the Colts helmet he is now seeing every single week, he's probably figured that out, right? So the other one is kind of more exciting. But right. uh, this is stems from, was it his cousin that is the motivating factor that has an obsession with helmets as well like I do? Yeah, he's got an older cousin that's obsessed with them. And then, you know, we do these picks every Friday. I mean, you guys do the same thing. I mean, it's like, what the hell do we know? So let's just have that 15-month-old see how effective he is, which, you know, continue to listen to our shows, please. Um, but he's 8-5 and five on the year. And I guess to answer your first question, I do bring both helmets out into his toy area on Mondays. So he is amongst the toys. He has seen the Steelers helmet now for a few days. Okay, he's seen the okay. that's, that's a, a very good well. variable of the control there. That's well done. Right. Yes. I know. I feel like the, my, my ex-science teachers would, would, would appreciate that aspect to it. So, uh, But like you and I have had this conversation, Jake, there's not a lot of white helmets. You know, it's like Buffalo, Miami, and yeah. you know the other one, but uh, Indy, obviously. So, yeah, there's not many. So um, he had a run there with Colts last week. His sister threw a fit, and she kicked the Bengals helmet. And Sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. It's, you know, December football. You never know. And next thing you know, he's picking up the Bengals helmet, and he got the last laugh. Chargers a white helmet, right? Is that right? Yes. Yep, 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 yeah. But again, it's like the Colts haven't played any of these teams. So, you know, he, he has only seen dark color helmets, and he'll certainly see one when he – little does he know what's waiting for him when he walks in the door tonight. I think we all know what truly the coolest helmet in the NFL is. 
We all know. It's the it's the retro Seahawks. Uh, Kevin, enjoy it. We will see you at Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow. I know it's going to be a busy Saturday for you, but a lot going on. Great time of year. And then you guys will be talking about it at 7 a.m. on Monday. Awesome sports weekend, boys. Enjoy it. It is. Thanks, Kev. Kevin Bowen joining us. Um, I, remember, I, I think the, the most fun conversation we had with Kevin was when he was on his way down to Tennessee. Go see the Vols, man. Oh, yeah. One of the great environments. And, and they saw Tennessee get out to that big lead. I think it was, was it Alabama they were playing or Georgia? No, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, they got out to a 7 nothing lead and everybody got excited and then uh, all hell broke loose, right? I have a really random pet peeve about the Chargers. Their helmets, I hate that the little number is under the bolt. It should just be the bolt. It's not every ga- every helmet though, or every game though, right? No, the the numbers are under the bolt for every game, for all of them now. Yeah, okay. Because I was thinking they had the, you know, they've basically gone to this permanently, right? I yeah. mean, they, they, you know, I, I'm glad though that they got away from, the the earlier year like navy blue. Oh, those were bad. Those- Powder blue is the way to go for sure. Yeah, but no, it would look so much cooler if it was just the bolt. Yeah, I would agree with that. But, I definitely agree with that. Hey, what do we know? I, I want to know this because there's a there's a the origin of every team name in the NFL is out there, right? Like, how do you think they came up with Charger? If you had to guess, would you say that a it was like a fan contest and somebody wrote in and saying that like they were going to bring energy to San Diego? B yeah. that that the team was originally purchased by executives of like an electric company. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, C, the team was purchased on credit. <laughs> or D, there had been a unique lightning storm in the San Diego area at the time that the team was announced. Yeah, all, all good options. That, there's no way, it, uh, there were no Teslas then, so it can't be a, That's for right. an electric car. But. All right, well, I'm going to look it up and I'll let you know on the other side. Heck yeah. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Here we go. They don't care where the numbers are in the helmets. When you're at Studio 54. You don't care, baby. You just got your leisure suit on, and you are underneath that big glitzing ball above head, and you're dancing to your Charger song, baby. All right, jamming. here we go. The origin of the name Chargers. Now, what we're going to do here is I'm going to give you a couple of other teams. I'm going to read you the description. You tell me the team, okay? The Chargers, by the way, were named because owner-founder Baron Hilton held a naming contest for his new AFL franchise in Los Angeles back then. The winner of the contest, Gerald Courtney, got a trip to Mexico City and Acapulco for submitting Chargers. Hilton liked the name because USC fans would shout charge during games at the Coliseum. Then when the team moved to San Diego after one season, he thought it would be fitting. Hmm. Is that Hilton as in the hotel guy? I 
think it is with, I, I believe it is within the family, yes. Um, how about this one? It's going to be obvious which one it is. Well, I'll just tell you because it, it'll be obvious which one it is. Do you know why the Bears are called the Bears? Honestly. No, actually, I it never It relates did. to your profession. It relates to your franchise of which you are an employee. They the wanted Cubs. to play off the Cubs? George Hallis said, since Chicago already had the Cubs, football players are bigger. Thus, bigger athletes in town would be Bears, not Cubs. Hmm. That's how they picked that. I'll tell you what. Okay, how about this? This team was named after several nicknames were suggested. And in 1960, the team chose this name because of the indigenous nature of many people in the area, choosing it over Chippewas, Miners, and Voyagers. 49ers. Excellent guess, Eddie Garrison. The San Francisco Miners. Incorrect, though. That's not right. Uh, your I, guess? What? Oh, that was incorrect. Which franchise chose a name over Chippewas, Miners, and Voyagers? I mean, it has to be the original uh, Washington Blanks, right? Also incorrect. The Minnesota Vikings. Really? Minnesota Vikings. My favorite, of course, in 1975, fans were asked for suggestions on what Seattle's expansion would be called. According to the Seahawks website, more than 20,000 entries produced more than 1,700 different suggestions. Some said they should be called the Bigfoots. Others said the Rainbirds. <laughs> one person said the Chowderheads. Oh, wait a minute. How about this? This one, this one lost out despite many submissions for the sperm whales. Uh, but in the end, they went with the Seahawks, which was proposed by 153 people. Do you imagine Stephen A. Smith on ESPN shouting "sperm whales"? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know what? But that's uh, the 49ers is is pretty cool. You know, obviously. Now, yeah, that's a good one. I, here's what I don't understand: uh, Isn't Charlotte the University of Charlotte, UNC Charlotte? Aren't they also the 49ers? They are. So what 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 sort of rush was there in Charlotte in '49 in 1849? Do we know? There had to have been some significance to 1849 to Charlotte, or else they would, or, or 1749, or I guess 1949. Did the school begin in 1949? Is that what happened? Or did they just rip off? Did they just like, you know what? We just like the 49ers. Well, uh, actually, sir, that's named that because of the gold rush of 1849. The hell with it. We're in Charlotte. In 1949, we uh, we had a World's Fair. Let's just do that. I got it for you. Okay. The nickname 49ers derives from the fact that the university's predecessor, Charlotte Center of the University of North Carolina, was saved from being shut down by the state in 1949. What year did the school open? They obviously they renamed it, right? Yeah. Well. So wait. A unfortunately, minute. I don't have. Wait. So here's oh, the thing. Hold on. What year was the Pacers auction? Seventy-seven. That's a question for you. I think the Pacers auction was the Save the Pacers auction. I believe was seventy-seven. But we should just rename the Pacers. Then we have the 76ers. The hell with it. Now we're the 77ers, right? Charlotte College was founded in 1946, but again, it was saved by being sold off from the state in 1949. After three years, they were going to bail yeah, on it? What yeah. kind of school was that? Well, no fun. <laughs> you start. No college football playoff for them. You're a year away from graduation, and they're going to sell off the school. Hell yeah, I'd have an auction too, right? What school did you did you graduate from? The one they almost shut down my junior year. Did you enjoy it? What do you think? They almost shut us down. Hell yeah, I enjoyed it. We had the time of our lives. You kidding me? We almost didn't make it all the way through. The Save the Pacers auction, I'm looking this up because it's, they could they could rename the team 
Unless it was 1970. Yeah, it was 1977. So can you imagine the rivalry between the 76ers and 77ers? Like, the hell with the Bucks rivalry, right? <laughs> Although the Bucks would be a rivalry because it was a Save the Pacers telethon where we had to take a lot of people's bucks, right? That's why they're a rivalry, perhaps. You're on a roll. They just start saving franchises, and it's all about that. Whatever year. I mean, or we could just call it the Indianapolis Arrows because we sold 10,000 season tickets for a baseball franchise that never came to be. I mean, the Pacers are in need of a mascot or a team affiliation for the new G League team in Noblesville. Yeah, they can't be the Mad Ants anymore, right? Because the Mad Ants are named for... They are currently the Mad Ants, but... That's what I mean. But, they, yeah. but And that's named for... Uh, what is it? Anthony... I should know this. In Fort Wayne. Matt, Matt Anthony, what, what's his name? I, I'm I'm embarrassed that I'm brainlocking here of the historical Fort Wayne figure that it's named for, but that's why they're called the Mad Ants. Mm. And so now they're like, well, they're, I mean, they don't have to change it, I guess. Mad right? Anthony Wayne. Yeah, Mad Anthony Wayne. Thank you. I, probably hard to forget that one. Um, that's who they're named. That's why they're the Mad Ants. But do you do you keep that as a tip? Just because they're the Somebody mentioned that they should be called the Noblesville Nomads. I kind of like that because they're going to be playing in Noblesville now, right? That's funny. Hey, bring back a uh, different sport. Bring back the Racers. That was one of the coolest names around here. Yeah, Racers is cool for sure. <laughs> awesome I mean, logo. Too. Now, there, there is a – but isn't there a, like a hockey club now that goes by Racers? I think there is. Like a I sim- think so. Like not a semi-pro, but like a like a junior league team. That's they can do the Slicksters. I don't know about that. Actually, I mean, the Checkers was cool. Checkers was cool. Checkers was definitely cool, but and now you guys know this. You know the origin of Pacers? No, actually. Eddie? I do not. The natural assumption would be they're called the Pacers because of Pace cars. Right. They're actually called the Pacers as a salute to Indiana's horse racing heritage. Hmm. And then I think the five hundred aspect of it ties in, right? But I you know, there's a there's an online company that sells retro baseball hats, and for a very brief period, they sold Indianapolis Arrows hats? Yeah, so that was going to be a major league franchise? So the Indianapolis Arrows, in the mid-'80s, there was a gentleman by the name of Art Ngati, who was in the radio business, um, the late Art Ngati, but he was a giant within the radio industry and also like the the advent of cable television moving in through Marion County in the late-'70s, early-'80s, and he made a small fortune doing that, but he still owns radio stations um, his son does, Arthur and Gotti, Artie and Gotti, as I knew him, growing up with him. But um, they were passionate baseball people. And in the early 80s, around 83, actually 83 and 84, Art and Gotti, as a passionate baseball fan, came up with a proposal for a baseball major league expansion franchise called the Arrows. They had Their colors were blue and red. They had blue hats with a red arrow on it. Uh, a red A, excuse me, that had like an arrow sub, subliminally within it. Um, the the jerseys said arrows, and the A, same logo, was the A on the jersey, and then arrows kind of went in an arc across the chest. And they were going to play their games in the RCA Dome, then the Hoosier Dome, mm. uh, probably with the idea of eventually building a stadium or adding on to a stadium. And it, I mean, Brendan, it went to the point where they had an old-timers game in – the Hoosier Dome in the summer of '84. Uh, I think I can't remember if Willie Mays played in it, but I remember some of the old timers that were in it. And at that time, they realized that the RCA Dome or the then Hoosier Dome, the width of it was challenging because of the the sidelines, yep. like to go outward because it was built specifically for football. So there was some controversy about whether or not 
And then there was talk of like, well, they could move out some seats and put in retractable yeah, seats. Yeah, you'd have to knock out seats. seats right? Correct. So there was a lot of discussion about whether or not the Hoosier Dome would be convenient for Major League Baseball. But they ended up going ahead and taking season tickets. They had Harry Carey right after the 84 season when the Cubs had won the NL or the NL East in 84. During the 85 season when the Cubs had some – I don't know if it was a down weekend. I can't remember what time of year it was, but Harry Carey came for a rally on right here below us on Monument Circle back when there were steps on the north end. And um, <laughs> Well, there might be. We don't know. That's anymore. right. Yeah. And I remember Harry Carey got out of the limo and goes, all right, they tell me Broderbull's the place to have a beer. Let's go. <laughs> and they're like, no, Harry, talk about the baseball thing. And so he did. Uh, there is a photo from the Indianapolis News of Harry Carey standing on Monument Circle speaking, and you could see my mom and I in the front row because my mom was a huge Cubs That's fan. That's the greatest story I've um, ever heard. So we, so we went down. What, for your dad the, wasn't there in his Cubs hat? What's that? Your dad was not there in he his Cubs hat? He was looking for the cat, ah, and he, okay. walking around the neighborhood. So the um, they had sold 10,000 tickets, and then at the last minute, as legend has it, Major League Baseball, with all of this momentum for Indianapolis to get a franchise, the Cincinnati Reds, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Detroit Tigers, the Cleveland Indians, and the two Chicago franchises supposedly got together with Major League Baseball and said, zero chance. Mm. We're not going to allow an expansion in Indianapolis because too much of our fan base comes from that area and too many of our ticket buyers come from there, which makes actually perfect sense and is the case that I have made now that is going to impact Indianapolis in my belief, aside from the astronomical expansion fee cost of getting into the MLS now, which is at minimum $500 million. Um, But the MLS franchises, I would imagine, are also would would impede Indianapolis getting one now because there are too many franchises within a driving distance that likely, one would think, would block it from coming to Indianapolis. Um, We'll come back, and instead of the past, we're going to look to the future, notably the games this weekend. Preview them, give our predictions next. Thank you to those of you who pointed out, I'd forgotten, the Arizona Cardinals also have uh, white helmets. I love this, by the way. Maybe they should call. Maybe they should change the Mad Ants to Mad Uncles. I love that. <laughs> uh, on this date, by the way, forty-five years ago, on this date, the Indianapolis Racers folded after seventeen games. Yeah. On this date, nineteen seventy-eight. Uh, if they and here's the thing: if they would come back in nineteen seventy-nine, we could call them the Indianapolis Seventy-Niners. True. Right? I, my last college project, we had to make a documentary, so I made a doc on Gretzky's time with the Racers. It was really interesting to learn. Not a lot of games. Played uh, went to night school at Broderbill High School. Yeah, Robin Miller took him to Shapiro's, um, and I think he scored at Market Square Rainy. He had a total of like five goals. I only know that because when I worked at Channel Six, I had to dub a bunch of video off. Was it three goals at Market Square though? Right. Yeah. And. Um, it was hard to find video of him because there was a fire at Channel 6 that had ruined uh, a lot of the video, unfortunately, three-quarter inch film. Yeah, his his first professional goal is available online, but beyond that, there's not much, which I learned about my senior year. I did know this, I, and I, I don't know that I knew this. The Slicks is a great name, somebody said, for the Madness. Um, that's what I said. I said well, I said Slicksters, but... Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. Love that. I, I, I did ask this, Brendan. I remember asking Robin Miller and Bill Benner, I'm like, so... Did you know he was going to be that good? And they're like, right. yeah, he came in, ballyhooed. I mean, it was known that he was an, an absolute phenom. Uh, as for the game coming up on Saturday, that's tomorrow, Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Brendan, your score prediction would be what? 
Colts 17, Steelers 16. Okay. I, I'm kind of jiving there. That I am in low scoring that you think that both these teams are scoring more than 10 points. A lot of field goals. Commend you dearly. Boswell can kick it. I know he can kick it. Can they move it? Your thoughts, Eddie? I went 17-6 Colts. Again, really good point because it, it does feel like they're going to have difficulty. I'm going with 20-16. Uh, to 16. Although, I don't know that Pittsburgh scores 16, but the Colts are going to win. Colts guaranteed going to win. Uh, Eddie, what time are we out? We're at 20 seconds or a minute 20? A minute 20. Oh, high rank freeze. What's the decision, boss? Brendan, I hereby... After one week with Query and Company, where you applied for an internship, the difficulty is this. I, I was going to talk it over with our HR department, but we don't have an HR department because right. HR departments only fire people, right? And it's difficult having internships because a lot of interns now want to get paid, and that mm. becomes a challenge as well. So when I talked to uh, went to talk to our HR department, it was left to my own devices, and I decided at that time that that we don't have it in budget for interns. Unfortunately, we do not have it. Uh, unfortunately, but for whatever reason, in December this week, it's been sunny outside, mostly clear, and you have uh, you you're always smiling. You're like Aunt Paris when you always smile, and you actually have pretty good looking teeth. So you so. you are now officially hired as the director of sunshine for Query wow. Company. So wow. whether or not that means you're the quarterback for Remember the Titans or you're just simply that little splash of sunshine that is necessary, you are hired. And Carl Showbiz right here, who himself is like, he's not just, this guy's not just sunshine. He's the, he's the whole damn solar system. Uh, Carl now moves in as our prospective intern. We're way over. John's up next. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Enjoy an awesome day in sports tomorrow. We'll talk about it all on Monday.